podcast people hello all you polar bears welcome to the polarized kingdom welcome to the polarized podcast a podcast about movies that people disagree on these people being audiences and critics on rotten tomatoes uh we talk about movies that they disagree on maybe audiences like it critics hate it maybe critics love it and audiences hate it these are the types of movies that we like to uh jump into um Today I am going to ask you this question. What is your why? What what is your why? Why do you come to the polar kingdom? Do you seek answers? Do you seek an answer to how you should feel about a movie? We will not give you these. You go to Rotten Tomatoes, they'll tell you, "Hey, this is good or bad." We take the movies that are in the little middle gray area and we find the collateral beauty that is stemming from the discourse around the disagreement of these things. Uh, and a lot of times, we don't feel one way or the other. We, a lot of times, uh, we'll be in the middle, but that's, that's the beauty of life. And uh, speaking of beauty, the movie t- of today is Collateral Beauty. Uh, it has a 14%, 14, 14% score by the critics. It has a 64% score by the audience. Uh, very divisive. Um, it is not just going to be me talking about this collateral beauty today. I'm going to introduce my host in a very special way today. I'm going to be doing it in the way that Edward Norton introduces Will Smith at the beginning of this movie. So I bring you the poet philosopher of product, the rebel command of brand, the guru who terrifies Madison Avenue, the great Brandini. Wow. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah. Like James said, I'm going to be asking the same thing. What is your why? There are things that motivate us and get us up uh, every day. And those aren't things. Those are, what was it? Esoteric. They're ideas. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here and talk about the why of this movie because it's pretty perplexing, James. I appreciate the intro, but yeah, not but, but um yeah, man, this movie. <laughs> but they were also kind of like celebrating material materialism in that moment as well because he's kind of trying to pump people up about advertising and, and and getting products out there and everything. And it was I was in the relation of of the business it seemed like or the corporate structure and getting people on board of like a, a yeah to make money yeah mm-hmm. a motiva- like a motivational speech you. I don't know what's what's the what's the big tall man Tony Robbins or something that like makes it, like mo- it, like those yeah. those kind of those kind of things that kind of had that had that feeling at the very beginning of this movie. Yeah, totally. And actually, it is a it is a ripoff of what he was saying, which is really quite mind blowing because the setting is absolutely perfect. So I'm uh, in digital advertising, and I got my degree in marketing, and um, I was part of the marketing club on campus, and uh, they sponsored us to go to this really big marketing event in LA called the AMA. Um, It's like there's some like fun title afterwards, but it's put on by the American Marketing Association and a lot of companies and uh one of the speakers there who i knew even going in before uh or before i went to the event um his name's simon sinek and he uh taught has a lot of management books and uh his youtube video is really highly regarded uh to the point of in my classes 
a whole um like an assignment was talking about a video of his and his most yeah his most watched video is a ted talk and it is about the why and he breaks down how important the why is it isn't the what that we do it's the why that we do and it's really yeah just a seminal thing that that, i do you think that was lifted from of course yeah yeah, 110 percent. that that popular of a thing yeah yeah. Oh my God. It's hugely popular. And like Will Smith is, you know, fancies himself an entrepreneur, not to, you know, he is one to a degree. It's more so him lending his name and his money, I guess. That's why I had some hesitation there. It's not like he's in a, you know, coming up with a lot of um, products. He's just, you know, products are brought to him and the things that he likes, he supports. So that yes, too is entrepreneurs in- too. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Whole, they're entrepreneurs. This whole family. Yeah. For sure. And there, there is such a business acumen amongst the Smiths that it's understandable why he would be attracted to this role. Because, yeah, as a leader of a right. creative agency in Madison Avenue, it's something he, I'm sure, feels like, oh, I know these people. Like, I could do this really well because I, I you know, wouldn't be surprised before this movie that he was like well and i know that he does speaking engagements too so actually i'll just say that is that he he does conference speaking engagements and so he's just really familiar with um advertising startups agency life all you know just kind of what uh, the ethos that um is out in the business community and yeah one of them is uh motivating people and the importance of culture and again as working at an agency and in a startup like it is incredibly important to have a message and an ethos that you inspire the people to work hard because you're going to pay them very little and demand the most out of them. So it's really important to give them a sense of purpose through the things that you say. And like he talks about is is how important the why is. So really, yeah, so much of that was interesting and resonated with me because yeah, that's exactly the type of conversations I've even, even at the company that I was at, one of the um, leaders of the company gave somewhat of a similar, speech of you know talking about purpose and um yeah so but to get into what he actually says um is just gobbledygook bullshit really (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's all of these buzzwords it's like again him just taking piecemeal the way people are saying things, but not really sure. Yeah. Understanding Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, or understanding the tone and kind of where, like how to fill in with actual content as opposed to buzzwords. Yeah. And the metaphors are very broad and then sometimes even like follow through all the way. It just kind of is like you get it or just kind of like is expressed in, yeah, body language and tone in a way that mm-hmm. you believe uh, whoever might be saying it because they're saying it in such a convincing way. And to Very know that, and to think, yeah, and to think Will Smith doing those conferences and doing speeches makes so much sense to me. And he, he does fit that. Yeah. Role makes a lot of money doing it really too. Well, yeah, I, I bet. And I mean, I mean, speaking of roles and stuff too, and like if, if I can just uh, bring up the cast of this movie is, is, Maybe all of them are good. Will Smith is good. I mean, to start nothing, too. It's, just, it's just like yeah. a top, top T to B, like pretty impressive, uh, incredibly noteworthy, impressive, noteworthy yeah. cast. Like when you see the poster, they like make mm-hmm. sure they put all the faces on that poster because they want you to know every everybody that's in it. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's because, yeah, this all of those people are going to draw in a lot of people sort of base level like yeah, you are going to put them on display. It just, it makes me so interested and only to a degree because I kind of know how this happens because it really kind of shows in the movie is, is that all of these people were pitched this movie, right? Because, you know, especially the caliber of people that they are, they have a lot of things that are coming to them and they're making a really active decision to go, I want to be in that as opposed to more so like here, you know, yeah, up and coming, you get it. And so the pitch of this movie is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm given the actual text in the movie, I get how it could be convincing to the people that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting because it's what that does here is that all of the actors are incredible, but what they're saying sucks. And it I... makes it so apparent. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so the. Right like my god like when people are crying in this when they're just being affected by an idea but they're saying like generic bullshit it's so fascinating big time yeah it's like (laughs) they must they must be given this this role and think oh this is so juicy i get to Mm -hmm. play love time or death or this guy that his daughter died and i uh um, you know, for Will Smith and everything, there's a lot of drama, drama to that as well. And then the other three roles of of the people, you know, going through their own things. Michael Pena sick, Edward Norton divorce, Kate Winslet. Uh, we we'll get into that. The whole yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, please. We'll get into that about her um, not being able to have a child. Which er- yeah, which everyone takes else, a total er- backseat to everything. There is so everyone, little. Everyone else yeah. is telling her that she needs to have babies, and then only I, at the very end does she actually like look at start looking at sperm donors as the first expression of herself of ever wanting to have a baby. It's just everyone else is like even the time guy. I, I guess I'm getting into it, but the time guy is just kind of like, no, please, yeah, your body, yeah. your body clock is running out and stuff like that. And it's like. She doesn't even express that as a character herself in this movie, like to anyone or in private has it been expressed to the audience that she feels this way. And so when the first time that's been expressed is someone else talking to her who has never met her before or like maybe met her once before when she hired him was just like, what? Damn, that's like really calling her calling her out on her like own biology and and her wants and needs and in, in, in life and, and stuff like that. But I had an original point, I think, that I, that got Oh, I know what it, I, we were just talking about. Like, yeah, these performances are are by established, um, like pretty amazing actors. All, all of them, incredible, just, yeah. And they've all been in like a really, awesome, really great movies. Awesome shit. Um, but when you mention the script and the dialogue and, and everything like that, it is just comes across so flat. And I think the biggest one for me that's coming to mind right now. Uh, of just like bad of bad dialogue spoken by good actors is Helen Mirren and Michael Pena in the grocery store. Yeah, when mm-hmm. Helen, when Helen Mirren finds out that Michael Pena is sick, oh, she knows. She knows, but how how it's discussed is like you're. So are you dying? We're. I think I'm trying to. I'll paraphrase, but it's like. So are you dying? We're all dying, but you're dying like now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like right now, like. And it was just, it was like children talking to each other or something like, like that. Yeah. And, and 
he's I don't know he's it was just, or it was you know this is this is the phrase that I uh, had watching this movie was after school special it just feels like an after school special or like a, a sure. PSA or something a whole like that of movie like, yeah yeah I mean we did a Tyler Perry movie uh, on this podcast as well it kind of harkens to that a little bit too kind of yeah, that sure. morality tale sort sort of thing and like everybody's got either a fault or a journey or a or or baggage or something that they're that they're going through um that all has to kind of have like an arc and you know like any any movie but the way that it's done in this one is yeah it's predictable it's it's kind of uh it's all very convenient too and yeah. it's simple yeah there's n- there's no finesse to this it's it, all of the finesse is brought in by the actors uh in uh, ascribing deeper reactions and filling in the scripts inadequacies because there's right. so much more thought like projected yeah than what is being told and it's so crazy like this whole movie where i'm like you know <sighs> trying to tune out what they're saying and just paying more attention to what they're doing and yeah like Ah, oh, this movie I was, is I was convinced really crazy. That it was based on a book. I I just looked. I forgot sure. to look it up, and I was convinced it like, oh, this would totally play out like a paperback that you would pick up at the airport, and then yeah. you just like flip the pages while you know while you're on your vacation or something, and it's heartfelt, and you know you can kind of have fun with it, and the whole idea of letter writing and everything like that. It just and how those scenes were set up. It just it seemed to me like it would play a lot better in text, like in a book. And to me, maybe that's why some of these actors looked at the script and be like, yeah, this is juicy. This is great scenes, scene work between two people, Mm -hmm. like a lot of one-on-one scenes of emotional dialogue and a lot of, a lot for them to work with. So that must be appealing for, for this cast to jump on board, especially, you know, like dominoes, if you know what I mean. Um, After one signs on it, kind of one after the other. Uh, but that's, I mean, we're kind of near the, we're still at the beginning here, the dominoes thing. That's, that's kind of how like the cold open is the speech talking about love time and death at, uh, what do you remember what their company was called? I forget, but I remember like the one that was trying to buy them was something very similar to like, Omar. I kept thinking Omicron. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah. It's like Oxycron or some shit (laughs) like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. kept thinking of that. Uh, oh, it's yeah, like Omnicron or Omnicron. Omni. Yeah, Omnicron. Omnicon, right? Yeah, Omnicon. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a, it's you know the yeah, it's the movie equivalent to a Mondo Burger. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Like a, a a big media agency, you know, which is a yeah, obviously for an ad agency is a huge get because. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, there's so many, a media company will have so many different facets and whatnot. And um, yeah, all of that. And they're hurt right now because they're, one of their big guys has taken up the conference room and he has insisted on doing five day segments of just creating domino. Dominoes. Uh, That's three years after just Mm -hmm. to just interject quickly with like the timing of it. We got the, got the speech and then it's, then it jumps to three years later and then Will Smith is building, uh, has built and now he's toppling a, uh, domino, um, setup that he has a massive one too. Different colors, like not your normal dominoes looking like kind of these like 
cool color plastic ones. across different tables. Yeah, there's like bridges and and, and, shit. Yeah. and it's like everyone's all like it's like open space office. Everyone's kind of huddled together in their in their uh, desks and everything. And the biggest room in the whole office is dedicated to him and his dominance. It's his office. It's, yeah, his he's office. Got the, yeah. it's the corner office. Yeah. So for, so I mean, for however yeah. long he he's, he's been in deep deep grief and turmoil over the passing of his daughter, which I'm not sure when that's revealed. I think even at the beginning, just after, yeah, just after, cause we, there's no, it's almost like a David Fincher social network situation where three years is uh, played with like a music in the background. And then we just, all there is, oh. is this type of music playing He's like riding a bike or something. No, and then he's like stacking the dominoes, okay. and then it gets to the end, and then he pushes the dominoes. Right. All of this, this doesn't, like swell of, of music is happening, and then the dominoes, because all of this, again, on paper, is like, oh, it, it's so, ah, uh, it's so flash and no substance. Yeah. You just look at it like, oh, it's, you know, think it, it's so. Um, uh, yeah, representative of what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it, it, all of the symbolism is just so great. Oh, it'll be, mm -hmm. it'll look great on screen. And it does. I mean, Will Smith is an incredibly looking dude. Uh, he also is, handles emotion really well. Like, oh, man, yeah, I. He doesn't, he doesn't speak for the, like, a good portion of the beginning the of the portion movie. Of it, he's, yeah. he's, he's just grieving the whole time. And when he, when he drops those dominoes, he does, it's like an explosion that he's walking away from. It's like slow-mo and he just starts <laughs> walking away. And it, he doesn't even watch the dominoes no. fall because it's not about that. Because, uh, you know, that's it's just like, oh, who is this guy? What's his deal? I'm I'm curious. And then I think that's when the title card appears uh, or something. Yeah. I, I think so. And then, like, they're all kind of watching. And then Edward Norton, Kate Winslet, and Michael Pena are all, all watching from the stairwell. You know the stairs. What do you yeah. think about the stairs? Yeah, and they like. You're, there's a scene where Edward Norton's chasing Keira Knightley down, and it the, he's run down this that wild looking staircase, and it and there's just like people hanging out on the stairs talking and working. Yeah. And stuff. Oh my god! Like, just, that is, is that's so is that ad agency is that, is that shit. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I th Blarge. I, I I think Blarge is uh, the company works for. His office has the stairs in it. There was a there was a company that we worked. Uh, it was at the bottom of the uh, building that we worked in, and they had it was an engineering building or engineering firm, and really a huge one, and they had glass. Uh, like walls so it's mm -hmm. first floor and then an almost like an extension of just a regular square building there's an extension mm -hmm. and it's glass so you can see into their office and they had this huge like what you see uh, like um, princesses walk down to the dance type shit in the <laughs> middle of the office where it's this enormous staircase <laughs> and like insane a deus or something <laughs> right <laughs> yeah like it's in pride and prejudice and somebody's walking down from upstairs or shit um but yeah like no it told it, it it and i i've also seen uh videos of like people having uh talking and walking through uh like really big tech companies or really big real estate firms in new york and like mm -hmm. dude having a fucking huge staircase in the middle of your office is totally a thing and it, people will take advantage of it because it's so opulent like so you're working and you're making oh yeah 
when you're doing interviews Oh my god, yeah. But you're making $150,000 uh, a year, and you're working at an ad agency, and you in New York can only afford a 1,300-square-foot place off of a hundred, like a $200,000 a year job. So when you're in spaces like that, you totally are like, I'm going to step away from my desk and just go hang out on the stairs or just yeah. like be in the, you know, these common areas that are like yeah you, you see a little bit as um edward norton was uh meets um yeah it just looked very it, yeah, yeah very Karen much Island. like a, a real startup or a real office like that they were able to go in and and, and shoot or something like mm -hmm. that like kate, mm -hmm. kate winslet's was like a little glass box in the middle of the office that she had her and her table was like clear too totally. or something it was yeah. just like uh modern and um just had had that had that feel to it and i'm sure Will Smith, like, yeah, you're you're saying I never thought of that. It was has is familiar with that life. Um, Very familiar, I think, because yeah, he just doesn't do that many movies, you know, uh, these days. But he makes like fuckloads of money uh, in all of his investments that he has. Because I know that he's invested in a couple major uh, companies and startups. I'd have to look at the list again. But then, yeah, he does all of these speaking tours where, because every industry in business is going to have their big fucking convention and they always have tons of money because in order to get, it's such a crazy, conventions are such an interesting thing. So like, I went to a convention too through work and a ticket to go to a convention could be like $5,000 or $10,000, mm -hmm. but then the company pays for people to go. And then that's all considered a business expense, which is then the way that it's uh, accounted and whatnot is completely different than if like us going to a festival, right? It's like, yeah, for us, like I couldn't imagine paying $10,000 to go to Coachella, but it's like such a different way of looking at money when you're talking about sending people to a convention because it's also like the point of a convention too is to like report back of all of the you know innovations and what other people are doing mm -hmm. and so they have just like great like crazy amounts of money to give to just charismatic and interesting people to talk at these events because then it gets essentially more people to like go and whatnot you know mm -hmm. just like a festival but yeah i just i could imagine that he's he probably does like man I don't know, 15 speaking engagements a year and oh, each sure. one of them is paying you like a million to two million dollars or some oh, yeah. banana shit. It's yeah. like almost it's less work and, um, and just as much money, I would assume, for the, some, some of his roles that he's done. <laughs> but then the movies and the roles that he does do are things that he genuinely wants to do. He doesn't really have totally. to like do something that he doesn't feel like doing, or that's just going to be for a paycheck mm -hmm. or something like that. He's like, no, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to really, really be behind it. And I know he, I haven't seen it, but I know, I think the, the, King Richard. the yeah, the Williams sisters yeah. uh, mm -hmm. movie yeah. is supposed to be really good. Um, and yeah. So when like he wants to do stuff, he'll, he'll do. And it seems like he's, yeah, he's, he's into dramas as with any sort of tenured actor, I think in at that point in their career, would lean more towards doing like kind of like mm -hmm. these, these kind of like meaningful dramas and the, or unless you're Adam Sandler and you just want to have some fun and go on vacation with your buddies or something like that. And you know, that's what that was. Just, no, I'm mad at it. Hey, don't blame him. Don't blame him at all. I'm just not going to see your movies, but dude, I'm mad at it. I'll see Uncut Gems. It's all good. I'll just watch that yeah. again. Yeah. But that's because the Safdie brothers made it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Some punch so, love, you know? Yeah. Uh, BT Anderson. Yeah. So like, 
Yeah, so they're chilling no. on those stairs. They're t- they're like, he has lost his mind. He didn't even he didn't even look at those dominoes when they fell. <laughs> it's like, well, he's he's truly lost it. Um, and they're just they're just kind of sitting there, uh, trying to figure out a way to hatch a plan to save yeah. the business. And so this is this is where my allegiance starts to. Fr- I don't know, maybe not allegiance is the best word, but like how the movie feels about itself kind of phrase a little bit of like it's ethos yeah it's like yeah how like it, what, yeah are we rooting for these people, to, people yeah to be, mm-hmm. to be successful in what they're doing are we what, what are we rooting for you are obviously rooting for will smith to like be able to work through whatever he's working through sure. these people are the catalyst to do so it seems like however their method, fine, so yeah their methodry is suspect and <laughs> um in, in the right. same way as like a wacky like romantic comedy or something like oh this would never happen but like the things that are actually at stake are pretty intense and pretty like I don't know it's so so anyways like but each a, one of those actors just to talk about those actors and like yeah. how they yeah how they fill those roles in I think it's really wonderfully cast because sure. yeah I, I I Kate Winslet is you know, she is the concerned one in the relationship or out of the three. The in most particular, empathetic, I'd say. Empathetic, yeah. Um, and yeah, like, but they're also empathetic. But I guess I just want to bring up, like, they're just really well cast because uh, all of them uh, execute what the purpose and point and kind of attitude of each one of those characters should be really well. Yeah. And I just, and I love their dynamic too. I love seeing Michael Pena, uh, Kate Winslet and Edward Norton just shoot kind of figuring things out, yeah, man. It was awesome. Edward Norton where he's like kind of, he's spineless and he knows it. And there's something mm-hmm. about him owning it, which was like really, I don't know I liked that part of his character where there were, there were moments where, he was just like super real about it. I was like, yeah, I'm divorced. Like, I don't, I'm like, fuck me. Like, I don't, I don't know how to stick up for myself. Cause it's clear that like Will Smith has kind of been the leader in their relationship and he's kind of uh-huh. been the number two. And then with this dynamic has kind of changed and he's seems like he's had to step up and fill a bigger role. And maybe he hasn't himself hasn't been as successful in it. And he's like, I don't know, constantly like, or he was, he was divorced for cheating and everything. And, um, when confronted with that, who who calls him out on it? Kira Knightley uh, is like, oh, you, the PI. It's the PI's fault that because his wife hired a private investigator to find out find him cheating. That's how um, we know. And then, That's and then the he, first time we hear about and it. And then yeah. he eventually hires a private, and she she's like, oh, it's the private eye's fault, and you're hiring a private eye. And he's like, it's not the private eye's fault. It's my fault. And he like owns. I love that. He, he owns oh. like his faults and he owns how yeah. like shitty he, he's been. And he's like genuinely like trying to be better, but he's also like still making like some really questionable decisions. It totally. <laughs> you know, it comes from. A, yeah. It's like distorted. It's like distorted. He's like doing, he's trying to do things for the best, like uh, things like intentions, but his, yeah, his methodry is, 
the methodology yeah, is yeah. totally fucked up but yeah, yeah like yeah. i i think edward norton does an amazing job to ride that line of like he's not a pussy because he's like fucking around he's also making decisions he's also not really that mean about it because ultimately no, his goal no. is that in order to legally get us to allow us to make the decision we have to prove that will smith legally is incapable of doing it and he's just trying to frame it because also too he's trying to save the company Company because the and this is totally true in advertising is the relationship for that client a massive client is based off the relationship that will smith has yeah and so and so they're gonna lose him because will smith is checked out um and so they have this you know they they want to position it so that they're really attractive to work with with this omnicom or whatever and in order to do that they need him out of the way um all of it too is really kind of generic as well so i don't want to give it too much credit that it's like that interesting of a setup because also too it never really gets that's not in. the interesting part of the setup the more interesting yeah. part is the next thing that happens is so yeah he hires, how we do that he yeah. hires the private eye that caught him cheating who's uh i don't know like a middle-aged or old, uh, middle-aged to older yeah. like white lady which he says like you you would never suspect her. She looks like a Mormon missionary or something like that. Is what he says, um, but she commits a federal offense. Wait, I need to go back. I need to go back. Yeah. He is he is writing letters. Is is all you know? She, oh yeah, she that's him. federal. Yeah. He's writing letters because they want to have someone follow him and see what he's doing to prove his. Uh, whether Edward Norton has already done competent. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to Kate Winslet and Michael Pena. Like he is, he's already started to work this out. We get introduced to the fact that he is. Uh, Edward Norton. Oh, for sure. But he's, so he's been, he just co-opted the, like, which is really kind of an interesting situation because so the private detective that outed his relationship, mm-hmm. he ends up hiring, which, Correct. yeah. So funny. Um, and yeah, so then, and then yeah, she, and then he's like, following he's, him, and then questions him about it, and and he's like, clearly she's good. She caught me cheating, and then Michael Pena is like, my baby could catch you cheating. And that was that was uh, right. Yeah, was yeah. Joke. He's like, Oscar could catch you cheating. He's like, who's Oscar? He's like, my baby. I'm holding him. He's and he's right like, oh, here. right, that Oscar. Uh huh. Yeah, and he which, tries to. Admit, oh, yeah, Edwin, I, yeah, he's, Edward Norton is. He's just more kind of like he doesn't mean to be bad like callous he's kind of no. a, he's, he, he kind of comes across eh, maybe not because he might come across as callous but he's not like you as an audience member get to get to view in, inside a bit but uh he's just he's an interesting guy and i think that has a lot to do with edward, that has a lot to do with edward norton edward norton because he's amazing yeah for sure like he is he is bringing because those lines could have been read differently but edward norton is bringing so much there is a heart uh, so much heart to this uh, to the role because he could have been the villain of this and but what that would have required then is more of a hurdle to overcome later and and it's just and that's to the director of everybody's good like no one's really that bad it's just we're kind of working through this like yeah. we're working through what will smith's working through and all of these people yeah there isn't like a very low point and there isn't a whole lot of comeuppance for them doing what they've done it really yeah mm-hmm. moves through it very quickly of like yeah. 
I feel very bad about this. Mainly Kay Winslet does it, but all of them really do it. Michael mm-hmm. Pena is almost like to tears, like just real. Oh man, he he's great too. Um, and then like- Ed- yeah, and then Edward Norton too is like stops that conversation at the end. So I won't skip too far, but like yeah, all of it to be said is like the actors are so good and they understand that these people are coming from a place of love and they don't want to hurt Will Smith. They just want to, they don't have the, and which is the whole plot of the movie is they don't have or know the best way to help him. And so they're just, you know, trying to figure that out. And that's where like the, the tone gets kind of off for me and how I expressed earlier of like my emotion, I'm trying to find a way to describe this, my emotional allegiance or, or my, mm. yeah, you said ethos, like what the movie's tone and, and is telling me is kind of, is kind of confusing to me at, at points or just like, yeah, like you said, the comeuppance isn't, doesn't really fully happen or things just kind of like happen. Oh, like just kind of keep moving yeah. along without much like uh, say right, or whatever of the yeah. of, of the characters or anything and there isn't a full th- like i was saying earlier it's like what is what are we trying to accomplish we're just we're trying to get will they're trying to prove will smith is insane mm-hmm. and while also we want will smith to feel better so it's like while we're cutting back and forth between those two things i guess emotionally the tone and everything is like it's it's kind of difficult because some of the stuff they're doing almost comes across as like comedic because they're like, oh. like what was one of the, some of the lines that they were saying at the beginning of like ideas that they tried to have for him was like, we had a, a good, Oh, the, sorry, where is it? Um, they, there was like some, he terrorized the grief counselor for months is one of the things he says he blew off the ayahuasca shaman from Peru And so stuff like that is just kind of like almost making his grief humorous of like, kind of like, Oh, he's just completely checked out and like, and he's being a real pill uh, or or something like that. And how he's he's expressing those things. And then, and then the private eye thing and Edward Norton is kind of just like, he's not being villainous. He's not being super antagonistic. He's just kind of like, this is necessary and you guys got to be on board for it. And it's like a necessary evil of, of what we have to do. And so, yeah, they, you- all of it to be said is you're right. And I agree with you. And I think then the problem becomes is how they deal with it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're getting at the point of, cause that's to, uh, like the things that I will talk about the tone or like, yeah. Um, it having a fucked up like sensibility is in yeah. what, what the solution is because yeah. them, hiring uh so let's uh, let's get into it yeah, so, so yeah they, they hire the pri- private eye and then orig- originally private private eye sees him putting letters in the mailbox the private eye commits a federal offense yep steals his mail and opens it gets the like makes a key to break into the mailbox steals the mail and opens it um and finds out that he's been writing letters to time death and love um referring to you know all the things that have been happening that happened with his daughter and they he never postmarked those letters so i don't know how much of a federal offense it might be just i want to throw that out there the actual, I, I yeah the opening the opening of the mail was fine might be fine uh but breaking into the box yeah uh, definitely uh, like that. super and, and, she's, okay. and she yeah. says it herself of like oh <laughs> this is like federal offense blah, 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 blah. and i did it for you guys so you know 
Um, and and she's a great actor too. She's I know she's been in a lot of stuff. I like Handmaid's yeah. Tale, Tale and uh, I don't know Leftover. She's she's a great dramatic um, actress herself. And uh, they all read the letters. And Edward Norton still is like he's he's just kind of a cynical kind of asshole about it too. He's just like I don't. He's already like we need like is he already he's already coming up with like idea of like getting video visual proof of it somehow yeah um, to to be able to show somebody of him uh doing doing these things because like the letters themselves and that's why i was already starting to question that's like what does this accomplish like you just committed a federal offense and you want to bring this evidence to where it's not going to hold up anywhere because yeah, you yeah. Still, no yeah it's just no. like a, it's just a lead i guess to, to something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's so uh, it's for, uh, a, a plot servicing because yeah, like Edward Norton hired her to find out something. She comes back and essentially reports that there's nothing to report because he does very little. He like is in his apartment mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Comes here and makes these <laughs> makes these domino so, uh, five days <laughs> at a time. Yeah, you know and. But this is what she did find, and then that propels us into he he's writing to these ideas, death, love, and time. Mm-hmm. And then that's how that Oh no. Okay, so then that's just received. And they're like, oh, that's weird. Is there anything we can do with it? No. And then we leave that situation, right? Because the idea yeah. doesn't and then, come. And then Edward Norton comes up with the idea when he's hanging out with his mother who has dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, who with? Yeah. Right, correct. And there, she's talking about how there's were- werewolves outside the house and he's like, like, uh, gives into the conversation kind of says like, oh, I hired the raccoons to keep an eye out and they're part of my squad and they're, they're watching over there. I got a wire. They're listening to the werewolves. And then there's this like moment of like the music and his eyes light up and he's like, I got the perfect idea. I'm like, where is this going? It's going. I was yeah. so, I was like there. I'm like, are we, I didn't know what, to, yeah. are we supposed to know what that sparked or like what, what, where he's going with this? And, so I think he he gathers the crew together and shows them a Japanese commercial that he made about <laughs> yeah. uh, like an angry ma- with an angry mascot. I forget exactly what that commercial. Yeah, was. that was such a weird thing because I was because like, <laughs> I, I honestly it was it was cra- gonna crack me up even more. So it it wasn't this because it was just commercial. But I honestly it was, it was the Japanese. So it was Spanish, wasn't it? Oh my bad, it was Spanish. It seemed like a weird it was, Japanese commercial. It was like a, a Spanish, Spanish like right, um, yeah. yeah medicine. I don't know why I thought. Yeah, and there's some from... weird Japanese commercials out there, I guess, yeah. just like with with mascots and stuff. So it's, it's got like a fuzzy monster in it, yeah, yeah, and it like I don't know, represents anger or something, and you have to do take something or whatever. It's a chill pill. Keep chill pill. Something. <laughs> like that's, that. that's what it was. Yeah, it was like Dicron, and it was it was a chill pill. <laughs> but I because yeah, I, that's I so live... funny that you don't know what it's about. Because I like what was happening. I wasn't paying attention to what it like uh, really what he was talking about. Because the second that that started yeah, happening, I was, I was like, like, what the that fuck commercial? Is going <laughs> yeah. on right now? Well, Edward Norton is like trying to commentate and ex- and do like translation. And, and talking about yeah. yeah, he's translating and then. But yeah, <laughs> and then even at the end, they're all like, "What are we supposed to get out of that?" Um, but even before that, I was gonna say, 
he's sitting there. I could have swore he was about to give a PowerPoint or something with that pointer. And it just would have been so funny and in character for him to be like, you guys, I came up with a plan and here's my PowerPoint about how we're going to do it. <laughs> and he okay, starts yeah. like pointing it. But so he shows that commercial and he's like, be tight. this remi- this is reminds me of like when with my mother and she starts to say, and I would try to correct her and it would take so much uh-huh. time and energy to, and, and pain and sorrow to like remind her of the actual situation and tell her the truth of what's happening. I just started to go along with some of the things that she was saying. Um, and it's so, this is like, I, it, it, he talks about worlds. Yeah. It's like meeting it's I, my world was in conflict. Oh, and I love this. And it stood out to me. This is, you know, he, he taught, he philosophically talks about how you can make a, it's like a easier way to make an impact into somebody's life is that instead of taking your worldview and trying to project it on somebody else, right. it is far right. more effective to go into their world and mm-hmm. talk their language and to like work where they're at or from where they're at as opposed to work where you're at onto them. Thank you. That that see that takes that type of thinking to really, you know, go to this next step of the movie. And he has to try to convince them like to be like, okay, so this what I'm gonna say next is gonna be okay, right? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, so he's right into these he's right into these concepts. So we're gonna get there. So we're and, on the same page. So oh, oh, but before okay, we'll, we'll get into that. But the thing uh, something oh man, alignment stood out, which I actually like really fucking love, is that uh I think Michael Pena says you know I thought you were done seeing your therapist. And then Edward Norris like, oh, that was my Uber driver. (laughs) Where did he come to the realization of this world thing? Mm -hmm. And I, that's fun. That's fun. I like that where you go on this. Yeah. You go on this whole rant about this. They're trying to have some humor Uh, in this movie. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of like serious stuff too. So it's like hard to tell some of those, those tonal things, but, uh, Mm -hmm. They they hatch they hatch this plan. How it's it starts uh, next after this is there's a audition for uh, an ad in his office, uh, Edward Norton, and there's a line. Of, it's a room a room in the in the agency. So since it's a creative agency, they're having which is it shows you how big it is because that that typically would be handled like offsite like there's a hiring agency right. mm-hmm. that would have would have done that and then really like you as the creative agency yeah they go. just got to so line they, up in the office yeah yeah that 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 I, I don't know maybe it happens but man you got to be a really big agency where the because that's a whole different job right that's almost like a casting director essentially they're yeah. they're they're ha- holding um auditions and whatnot yeah you for that really to be that in the site, same yeah. office as the people who are like doing graphic design yeah. and then doing <laughs> editing of videos is like it's kind of like, yeah the, the same room that it seemed like the same room that they were auditioning was the same room they were coming up with yeah like mock-ups and fucking like coming up and he like jumped into that room and it was like lots of shit yeah yeah right because there there was like the um the line that he's walking by and he's like doing a walk and talk and then kira knightley says uh shed your skin find your life and he's like no it's not that it's life is found when you shed your skin and they have this whole back and forth about which one is better and then he eventually is convinced that 
the one that Kira Knightley came up with but is better. Goes to the end Vengeance one. This was very easy. He's like, this is my whole yeah. like stance mm-hmm. I'm taking. Fuck that. This girl's cute. Okay. Exactly. Hey, That's why. Runs in there. Hey, so this is the new thing. And then Doom does that whole yeah, movie no problem, bullshit. Boss. Yeah, movie bullshit of just yeah, like, no yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, we had this whole, like, plan setup thing, and we even had a- actors come in to audition, but no, we can change the whole fucking oh, slogan. <laughs> we already had, like, half of the people audition with that line, but whatever, whatever you say, boss. And then Keir Knightley immediately bails and doesn't audition and leaves, um, and then Edward Norton chases her down these the cool-ass steps. Like um, a freak. Yes, like a like a stalker. <laughs> and chases, chases her and stalks her all the way to... Uh, her rehearsal. blocks it seems like yeah. yeah where she's she's late to that like she expected to make this audition well, is she late though she's not I late no she's not this is all a plan this is this is late to shit this is all part of the plan baby. this is all yeah this everybody is having is on their journey and it all happens for a reason and helen mirren is like great job after the after the end of the scene oh she's God, like they're she in on it the, like oh yeah you you walked in and somehow did exact. Yeah, I mean, she did exactly what. This, uh, this gets into the. What, oh, what, what part? What part of the? What parts, of the, movie, what parts so of the movie are magic cool. and what parts are not magic? And uh, I'll just, I'll just assume that like, if you have a question, just say like, oh, because it's because there's some magic in this movie. Um, yeah. I was gonna say I was noticing in my notes there was a scene with uh, the introduction of. Um, What's his face's daughter, Edward Norton's daughter, and there was just this. Oh like, yeah, the Odell Beckham thing. Yeah, and I was like, gonna geez. say that thing is like, oh, but I got you tickets to Hamilton. Oh, you already saw it with Odell Beckham. No Jr. Beckham. <laughs> She's like, yeah, with Odell Beckham Jr. Screw you. This eleven year old. You're a philanthropist. And I was like, oh wow, that's a big word, philanthropist. I don't think. And then you like corrected her. It's like I don't think you're using that. And he's like. It's, I think you met Flanderer. She's like, yeah, you would know. <laughs> you would know, you piece of... She is so, like, on his ass yeah. immediately. No. She's not having it. Her dad sucks. And it, that is a weird tone thing in the movie. Just in, stop, full stop. Because... Obviously, Edward Norton needs a conflict because, yeah, the way that he's playing it, he's not a bad guy. He's just really, from the get-go, trying to do what's right for the agency that he is running ostensibly because uh, Will Smith is, you know, KIA, not KIA, but like AFK. And, um, yeah, like... It's it makes sense where the daughter is coming from because he is the cheater in the situation. But yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, I guess it was just kind of weird to for her to be so upfront about that because I think a kid would be still not. I think the kid would be mad about the mother being sad about things, but I, I it or really maybe se- it really yeah. seemed like what they were trying to do is that she was just repeating everything that her mother was there saying, was saying about him mm-hmm. and that her whole internal monologue and about him and how and all her thoughts was consumed by what her mom was saying and that was and she was just repeating everything that yeah uh, she was saying about but yeah as far as like the own human reaction to it i'm not sure how accurate because yeah she was she was very convinced very very uh mean and barely even smiled at the end when she 
express a little bit of, of love, but it, you know, I guess it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just that, that fresh of like, he's the villain. He's the reason that like our family's not together right now and it's all his, his fault. And, uh, yeah. you're, you know, you're a child and your whole world is, is turning around. Um, but, uh, anyways, yeah. So he, he meets, he meets Hello Luna. I have a, I have a cat right here. If you hear, if you hear a cat meowing, um, he meets the actors and they're like, oh, this conversation was weird too. Cause things just too much happened too quickly. I feel like, cause he met them and they're like, I don't, I don't know what you guys are putting on or doing or, or whatever. Uh, and they're like, Oh, nothing. Yeah. We need money. He's like, I'll pay for it. I'll do it. Oh, can I get my yeah. dick wet first? <laughs> I, I don't know. He's just like, uh, he's like, uh, he's just immediately like down to pay for that play that they were like putting on and like was, was super just he's throwing money at the problem. Yeah. And then that's, yeah. that, that, that is it, kind of his move. Conceptually. That's like also what it's making a comment. Like that's part of his character that it's being commented on in the movie is, is that, you know, here is this, it's just weird. Cause he's like not successful, but then he's throwing money at the problem. And it's yeah, just, that he isn't have, like, he doesn't have the money to do it, but he just keeps on saying like, if this thing goes through, then I'll be able to like give you whatever it, you want. And so his whole, right. his it's whole just not fleshed out. Motivation, well. Oh, it's not at all. Especially like his plan and how he goes about doing it. Cause even we're mixing it up and I'm mixing it up in my mind of which came first, as far as scenes go, whether it was that scene or him like showing the commercial but they like eventually like the plan comes to Michael Pena and Kate Winslet. They all have a sit down together in the theater and hash out this plan of Helen Mirren. Um, oh gosh. Who are the other, who are the others? Uh, Kira Knightley and um, who's going to play, who is time and uh, Jacob Lattimore. Um, I believe are going to play love time and death. And immediately when they are given this proposal, the actors are given this proposal. What is their reaction to it? She, she Ellen Mirren immediately says, so you want to gaslight him? Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. The movie like calls itself out. It's an yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is like a big problem for me in this movie. <laughs> and the movie actually like tells me what, the pro my problem is with it it was like wow yeah that's <laughs> you're right that's exactly what it is. and then like edward norton doesn't even know what that is and he's like well what do you mean no I don't, and, and and they like explain to him what gaslighting is <laughs> and so so at that point now the whole audience knows what gaslighting it's, it's 2016, is 2016 right yeah uh, so it's a gaslighting is a relatively <laughs> It's yeah. not a new term, obviously, because it's, it's gaslighting. It's not a new concept, but yeah, you, you yeah, said, it's like more the, in the in popular the vernacular. Is, yeah, is going of up. right. Um, and so yeah, there is an explanation and a definition given to the, and then and they're like, okay, we're down. And then again, it's just like the the details of this plan are just like in my mind are not worked out enough. But I am not sure if there's a version where it could be. It's just like they're down. They want to roll with it. I think there's certain beats that do work within this that are fun. Like I like that Helen Mirren is a vain, a 
attention seeking actor that like gets too into the part and actually yeah seems like and she's starts making, asking questions about making it. like Can... a big difference and then actually like starts yeah. believing like in in her own like what she's what she's doing is is making a bigger and she wants to like play all the parts and stuff like that stuff kind of works in like a fun humorous sort of way and i almost was wanting a version of the movie to be about helen mirren as the main character and have it be uh, sure speaking of will smith have it be a uh, hitch except with helen mirren playing <laughs> death and so people like oh, are like what? oh I need, oh, yeah. I need i need someone to move on with grief or need grief counseling or something and so they just like call up not hitch but death or death. St- yeah. stitch or whatever cuz you i don't know and she comes and she plays like love ditch. <laughs> yeah ditch <laughs> <laughs> It's it's hitch with death. (laughs) It's also where you end up when you die. Um, There were some points in this movie I was like very bored. I was like, "Oh my god!" Which is the movie's so short. Pretty short movie, but I was like very (laughs) bored throughout parts of it, and I was just like, "Oh, what would be?" I want to know like Helen Mirren. What's Helen Mirren's like whole shtick is like in her mind of going through all this? Like, wow, these people approached me to play this the biggest part of my life <laughs> you know? yeah, actor, uh, just like i've been waiting my whole this is like true like true acting like I'm theater going, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So like and and to know their process a bit would be like you'd be able to suffuse it with way more humor and you would you know it'd just be a different story it'd be a different story but uh mm-hmm. uh that was just that was just something i thought of and then um yeah so the deal is on they're gonna pay him like twenty thousand each to yep. fuck with this dude uh, whose daughter is dead. They're going to play uh, spiritual manifestations of love, time, and death. And they even have the conversation of like, which I kind of like that question of like, are, is everyone going to be able to see us? Yeah, uh, I love that like, stuff though. Like some the, of the rules, rules of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could have lasted longer. It was so yeah. quick. And again, like it, it's so interesting how short this movie is because there are places where it could have been longer, especially the night home. Naomi Harris of this all, which is just like sure. so like desperate <laughs> and it ends up being like a huge fucking deal. And you're like, oh wow, she's like not in this movie that much until like the end where it matters. You're like, wow, she's in this movie. Well, they, oh, can't, okay. they can't show too much or they would give it away. Oh my god, yeah, because then when you realize that, then yeah, it does make you yeah, it's like that weird like situation of if we show too much, then it proposes too many questions so Mm -hmm. by showing less we kind of default to you just have to go with it which is so much to the energy of the movie of like oh we're not like we're presenting ideas but we're not really getting into the weeds with it it's like you get it right that's that's what we'll get we'll get into that turn and like whether certain things are earned or not to make that big of like a fucking narrative right it's like wow Oh, holy hell. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's a shocking, <laughs> honestly. Like, the last, yeah. It's not minutes. the last, it was because the last there's, a, there's an the awful lot in, in this, which is like, yeah. uh, again, for such a short movie, it has like a five to ten minute epilogue, which you're like, uh, yeah. And, um, but yeah, like, whew, this movie. Yeah, I, on my notes next, I got CSI Hold Cleveland. Uh, Real quick, I'm going to go pee. Oh. Yeah, go ahead and go pee. I'll go through some of my notes here. We got CSI Cleveland. I think this is when, uh, is this when Edward Norton and his mom, I think, were watching TV and he's like, oh, they got 
CSI Cleveland now, um, which is the second mention of Cleveland in this movie because there's another part where Edward Norton uh, asks Will Smith to go to the Knicks-Cavs game. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure why the mentions of Cleveland so much, but that's that's a, a portion of this movie. Um, but when they when they approach these actors with this plan, I just I would think that Edward Norton would have planned it out just like a little bit more. I know it's it's a batshit crazy thing to do, but there's the problem that I have with it is that it's it's so open ended, and that he does like he just he just tells them, I just want to. Uh, get Will Smith um, to prove that he's crazy, but then also uh, Brandon. Brandon's back. I talked about the two mentions of Cleveland in this movie, and then now I'm talking about uh, the plan that that Edward Norton came to the actors with, and how it's just not fully thought through. So, like, no, yeah. So, what is he trying to get out of this plan? He is trying to prove Will Smith is not competent, right? Yeah, uh-huh. but then he's also masking it in a way of like this is going to be cathartic and good for yeah, him. Yeah, and like he's going to get a, yeah. So as as right. an audience member watching this, I'm just like, yeah, I'm kind of confused how to feel emotionally because this seems like pretty fucked up, and I'm not sure if the movie is on the side of like Edward Norton and this crew of people doing this to this poor man of like trying to lead him through it, and then by the end of the movie, it's, it is kind of just tells me that like their plan worked and everything is fine. And it's because they did this, that, uh, things worked out well. So I, yeah, I, I guess that's just what, but at this, at this point, it's kind of like, what is the end goal? Is it to prove his incompetency or is it to make him feel better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, the competency stuff, the business side of the stuff is so gross because this should be a movie where his friends are helping him get through this. And I yeah, like tying it into the success of the business is not a good vibe <laughs> because it's so financially motivated. It's it it typically we you know your people are used to myself included of like if somebody's trying to manipulate you in order to get you know something out of a business transaction or to see their like power uh increase like that's not a good thing but that is paired with them wanting to also as really good friends wanting to help him work through the stuff about his daughter passing away and yeah it just makes for a tonal mess because they're not good people for making him really feel like he's crazy he ultimately because it's a movie like gets through you know like it it works out essentially but yeah like we're you know we're at the point too of like him having interactions with the actors as death time and uh love and it's all it's also accompanied by whenever they're present there's also the private eye who's taking a video of it (laughs) who they're going to and that that kind of like i i know it's like again a movie but like um they're going to remove those people out through editing oh my god are we gonna get into this part holy shit i was like 
Oh if my that's God. A, if that's the case, there's got to oh be some God. rules when it comes to this for that. I, that where... blew my mind. I mean, that's a little that's a little bit further on, but uh, because like this is that's that's after the first meetings. But if well, yeah, they, you... they see that that's what they're going to do before they really get into it, because when they're establishing what is oh, going to happen, yeah, which is they're right, paying yeah. them, mm-hmm. is that they say like we are going to uh, computer right. like digitally remove digitally remove that blows them. my mind dude, <laughs> that like that's in this movie is that like. <laughs> And they could probably get away with it because they have all the technology at the whatever ad agency and those three people could fo- probably know editing software. Or I don't know. That takes a lot. That takes a lot. So it's fucking digitally remove somebody out of uh, it's a big not, deal, though. not just so an like, image, you, you but like a, yeah. a video in, in three different videos. And then not only that, but also the skateboard, the skateboard that he threw. They, they got rid of that skateboard as well. And that was something that to see in that like a deposition disposition sort of setting of like in that wackadoo fucking boardroom with those screens above showing it that way of like such an official insane boardroom insane boardroom it's gotta be a real boardroom and i would love to know what company has it must be and it like slowly drops it's not there's no way that it's not because it's Mm -hmm. not when you need there there's also there there's space outside of it it isn't Mm mm-hmm like I said, would it would seem more closed in, you know, or if you're shooting it, you, you would if it if it wasn't as big, or if it was just if it was more normal and than what it is, then it would be so more closed in. But they would just have these shots from like behind the glass, looking other ways, and it is it has to be a real boardroom. Man, what a crazy boardroom yeah. that is! Could you imagine? That's like the type of boardroom where it's. A, some company that neither one of us have heard of and they like uh, are dealing prescriptions or some crazy shit where, yeah, it's like every uh, AWS's office, like every single company runs on servers through us or some shit like that. Yeah. I'm sure there was like a sushi boat uh, lunch being had. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and, uh, with, I don't know. Also, also, or maybe this, she's just on top of like child labor or some kind of yeah, thing yeah, where some, it's just like opulent as hell. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of super villains meet there. Cause yeah, that boardroom was insane. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, I, I could, I could, it's, it's just Wolf of wall street style or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, yeah, we'll go back a little. I mean, that's like a little bit later on. We can, we will jump back to that. Um, yeah. But this is like the plans set. I guess there was there's one scene like Will Smith hasn't really talked really at all. Very little until mm-hmm. uh, he goes to the first support group. You see one scene of him like looking outside the support group, and then he leaves. And then there's the scene. There's the scene of him actually going in, um, and it's a support. What is it? It's like little wings, small wings, something like that. A support group for. It seems like parents that have lost children, or I'm yep. sure anyone who's lost a relative that's lost a, a child. Seems like just yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, to think of is could it be like a, you know an uncle who lost a you know a nephew or something like that? But it, it it's presented as it's parents who lost children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah. very sad and somber sort of room to walk into. But Naomi Harris, I really like. Her energy i like her performance so much um she's also for, just for being someone in command gorgeous of a, person that too um but to be in charge of like like a support group or like a, a leader um 
to talk about these such heavy issues and to be in a heavy moment of the movie and she's just very effervescent with her smile and and her eyes and everything is very engaging and you feel her like, accents really weird though uh yeah, i had i guess so, i didn't I take too much of it i didn't oh, take too I much of it such a problem with that because she's really. i i love her she's i love trying, her body language and her oh my god and, and yeah her, her facial expressions I 100% agree. This is nothing against her because, I mean, she just is so, uh, like, magnetic on screen because she just has such a, her eyes are so intense and she just, like, really lives in roles. And, um, yeah, all, all, all the best to her. But it was so funny because she's trying to do a New Yorker accent um, and she's obviously, br- like, British and it kind of, like, makes it a weird accent where, uh, I don't even, like, sometimes the things she would say, I'm like, it's almost like you're not fully saying the word because you're uh, like, yeah. it's like slang in. You're just going to kind of muffle it. To try you're, to yeah, you're kind of just like, um, like a little bit of like it runs off or it just, mm-hmm. you don't fully project it because you're not confident in a New Yorker accent. And I could imagine as an English person like that, a New York accent has got to be one of the hardest thing. Like California oh, accent. Hey, Pat- Pattinson's got it on lock, baby. You go, you go see good time. Oh, done, done deal, done deal. He's fucking got the best accent in that movie. Dude, too. well, you're out here, yeah. I'm a big he's amazing, said, big team Edward over here. Huge team Edward, <laughs> and he's amazing. Yeah, for sure. But it's got to be difficult as an actor, a British actor, to do a New York accent because it's it's got to be like super easy to sound like a caricature and sound oh, like sure. a like a cartoon New York person. The same way as like someone going and trying to do a Cockney accent or something too. Yeah. It's yeah. An American trying to do a Cockney accent. Great example for sure. Be the same. So, so she's really all she like, what she's trying to do is she's taking off her British, uh, like affectation and then just be as American as possible. And then she's just trying to add a little bit of mustard to it. And like, sometimes it just comes off like, yeah, man, I would love to know because I didn't look this up before how close it. When did Moonlight come out? Uh, I think I th- I think around the same time. I was gonna say 2016 sounds like really close. I was gonna say, yeah, 2016. Mm-hmm. She's, okay, the mo- so she's the mom in that, right? She's the mom she's in so, that. And- she's so good in that movie. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. incredible! Uh, yeah, I can't think about that movie without thinking about her performance. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. dude, she rocks. And as a money penny, yeah, oh yeah, so, hey. so, where uh, I don't know if we've really, uh, no, we've definitely talked about because we've done a James Bond episode. But man, yeah, yeah like her, her in the new run um, of Daniel Craig and as Money Penny, like she's incredible. Like I, she, yeah, there, there are some problems with those movies not a lot i mean honestly daniel craig's run was great but skyfall's a great movie she's awesome in it she's like a big, and she's uh, awesome big in it. It like she's yeah she's not uh, she's not the problem in any of those movies she's actually a wonderful addition to it and part of the scooby-doo uh, gang Scoot or Scoot yeah, yeah. Oh, sometimes i like that sometimes i hate it um <laughs> i was thinking i got there's like this one um and but she just has like a it was interesting because she then why i bring a moonlight is because she defaulted her accent with a little bit of mustard where it sometimes sounds like her accent in moonlight where it's this like okay by the way so of like a french creole uh like maybe uh, she was still stuck in that at the same time. yeah so interesting but yeah it was a little off putting because she's 
you know, Man, I, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Will Smith has a New Yorker accent at all. He just has, he just talks like he does. Um, but yeah, it was just something that I noticed because yeah, it like, Sometimes showed up and sometimes didn't, and I would just, uh, yeah, anybody who does watch this movie, which I, I don't know how we're going to feel about this at the end of it, but yeah, like, that's something to pay attention to. Yeah, it's, uh, so this is, this is, we'll just go into the first meeting with Helen Mirren at the, at the dog park where he doesn't have a dog that he goes every day and just sits at. Um, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren approaches, and it does this shot for every single one of them where it's like out of focus, out of focus, and then they walk into frame, and then it's in focus. There's a lot of like shit with focus in this movie that they were messing with a lot, and I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't blown away by any of the how this movie was shot, and some of that stuff honestly was like distracting and and almost an annoying to me. But no, no huge gripes, I guess. It was just I think in some of these reviews, there's people praising how the film looked, and I just. I thought it was just kind of yeah, because it's the it's the most boring, it's the best looking Hallmark movie for sure. Like yeah, I guess, but yeah, you could, a, lot of, you, a lot of time you know, spent it's, in, it's, in it's in like almost for adult fodder. It's like mom and dad shit yeah. is what this movie is about. But the but that's also I looked at the reviews about, and that's and also too the gripe that I have with it is is that it doesn't get into any like it all of its concepts are way too heady and it doesn't really deal like as aside from the kids stuff it doesn't deal with anything really it just kind of posits things which adults have a a problem with it that's why the critics um or not just the critics but the audiences audience also would make comment about why they didn't like the movie but yeah like there's some good shots. There's there's the shot near the end of Keir Knightley and Edward Norton. Very serviceable. Under, under the bridge, uh, looking at Freedom Tower, and that's just like, but that's just like the most like, hey, look, it's New York. Yeah, let's get, let's mm-hmm. pick a shot that shows like everything, you know. And uh, it's the same director like as a uh, glory glory shot. Oh, for sure, it's the same director as uh, Devil Wears Prada, right? Oh, that tone is starting to come into picture a bit more for me yeah. now that now that you say that um i think so um, yeah, so and, then, and then also the good year which i like that movie it's it's not a well regarded movie but i really enjoy that movie it's the good year is it's owen wilson jack black and then i think it's oh i can't it's, remember it's not uh, steve martin no I, yeah 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 i think it is Something and like that? yeah, and they're in a good year is, is about like in the the bird watching community. If you were to like tires witness enough birds, like there's bird watchers like uh, go look for birds, and then if you have so many birds in a year, it's like a good year. It's I like it. I don't, I'm not gonna talk all about the. Oh yeah, I like, I like those people. I might check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I didn't know. I guess I didn't really look into the past of the people who made who made this movie. But yeah, it was like very yeah, like serviceable. And as far as like these kind of movies go, I guess it looked better than some of the others. But there's the scene with he, he has a scene with Helen Mirren at the park. They have the PI uh, walk by with her son as plants to be like who is that crazy man? who is that crazy man talking to uh just so he can be like what 
They're just like really trying to make Will Smith feel fucking crazy. Um, and so that, that scene happens. I, I don't know. There's nothing really for me to note there. This is just kind of when this, this sort of stuff starts, these original initial like conversations, um, happen. I don't, I don't, I don't have much to comment on here. If, if you have anything to say about the Helen Mirren meeting and then the, the meeting with, with time in his office, uh, around the dominoes and stuff. And then that's when Kate Winslet does her bit about like, I don't see anyone there. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to make that meeting. I'm just not going to make any meeting ever. Cause I don't do that sort of thing. Um, I just, I, th- that was interesting seeing that interaction go down of like, oh yeah. So this guy just like blows off meetings every day and just like, no, I'm going to be here doing my puzzles. And she's like, all right, just thought I'd try, <laughs> you know? And it's like, man, this is, oh, the, yeah. that's what's been going on for like three years, probably two three three years, which is a it's nightmare. Like, you want to come to this meeting nightmare. maybe this time? Like, and it's like fucking Howard Hughes just like peeing in bottles mm-hmm. in, his, in the fucking in his room yeah. or something like that. Because it's not like the business can run without him, but there are crucial meetings that happen at the level that he's at in in a business where like you need to be there, you need to be the one showing up and and talking. Especially about, with, I mean, if he's if he's yeah. they got clients that are based completely on his relationship with them, I and the biggest one sure. it seems like and. Uh, that they one of the big all, ones that they all lose. the big clients though like that's at that level of a company like that's the conversations you're having like you're not dealing with just you know how the running the business stuff you're like what are what is this future planning what is oh you know what are these relationships and inroads we're making and yeah like it just it makes you think, oh, yeah, this whole agency is going to, why isn't it closed down? Like, you know, because your figurehead and your leader is just completely absent in all of these meetings and just makes fucking domino towers. Um, Yeah, but that's also, all of it is in service of to get a little bit of a glimpse as to the importance of the mission of, you know, he is unwell, and we, you know, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're on this journey of him having these uh, these concepts come and talk to him. Uh, yeah, I, 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 now that you bring that up too, it's, I was thinking about that as, that would be, that's really difficult to do. To like pretend like somebody isn't there. It, that's like For really Win- fucking yeah. like like not only are the actors good actors but kate winslet's character is a good actor like she mm-hmm. kept direct eye contact did not look at time the whole time and played it off just just perfectly so and edward norton and he's like uh He's like synecdoche, whatever. Synecdoche, uh, New York. Synecdoche, yeah, you got it. Synecdoche, Chody. New York. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. is like where he's like, I'm gonna create real life art, real life art performance. Or I guess that's more like Helen Mirren, but it takes some creativity for Edward Norton to come up with that, this idea, um, and then some real improv- improvisational sort of skills from from these actors. And Helen Mirren is just hamming it up. I mean, her character's hamming it up. Her herself is kind of too. And she's like falling really into it. Uh, Yeah, and then the Keira Knightley one kind of goes pretty quickly because he's just like kind of like pissed by that time. And he's just kind of like, I don't want to deal with you. You left me. And 
he's just kind of yells at her and then uh she's kind of upset because it doesn't go well and then there's like this whole fling between her and edward norton that doesn't do it for me um no, I, yeah. I just i just didn't do it for me i i, I don't know there's just nothing i got out. Gonna go anywhere because anything we find out later yeah but like everyone's kind of paired off it seems like helen mirren's hanging out with michael pena you know which is conceptually what is happening to our right, right. friends as well right mm-hmm. is that dealing with death uh, and he's and, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah mm-hmm. and then uh Kate winslet is dealing with time and that is her struggle and then yeah edward norton is dealing with love which is again all of it is Michael Pena's makes like complete is very sense. Li- complete sense and is very literal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the other two. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay. So what I will say is, is that the Kate Winslet, uh, like her arc, it makes sense why time is with her, but it's so like it's, beat you over the head simple I that I fucking hate it. I like, really didn't like that. We've already brought it up. Is that like Kira Knight or not Kira Knight? Like Kate Winslet is so just like a um a tool or like mm-hmm. a part of the story mm-hmm. that just gets me from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and it doesn't care a lot about her mm-hmm. or wants to get into her shit. It's just Kira Knight or not again. They're both. Uh, they just they occupy such a similar space for me. Um, Kate, Kate Winslet, Kate. Uh, like yeah, she. We should know so much more about what's going on with her. Like You're so and, right, and and the fact that we don't really is like such a negative about the movie because it treats a the main female character in the movie totally like a a plot device that gets me from point A to point B and blatantly shows me that I don't really care about knowing more about her. She just is going to say things that are going to get me through this conversation to the next scene. And then she is going to like, how else, who else are we going to pair? It's almost like an afterthought. Like who else are we going to pair time up with? Well, we'll pair him up with Kate Winslet. And then this is why her, like why that matters. She has has like the heart, you know, she, she cares for him a lot. And like we said, she has, she has empathy and she brings him food outside his door and like checks on him and stuff. But that's almost in service to a plot point itself. That scene of her doing that. There's not a, a scene of her just by herself until like doing things for herself until it's at the very end. Like I said, when she's looking for sperm donors is the first time you actually see her do something that's like expressing an interest that she has in her, in her own. Like this, by this, this point, you know, it's like we already have gone through the whole thing with Edward Norton and his daughter and everything. And like, we know that's, that's an issue he's dealing with Michael Pena. You haven't seen his family, but you know, he's hiding, uh, he's, you know, he's out of remission and he's, his, his, what is it, like melanoma is, is cancer is back. Um, and you get that and you get the pairing with death and everything. The first time I already said this, but now that we're like really into it, it's like, yeah, the first time that, 
issue that Kate Winslet's dealing with is talked about is not expressed by her. It's expressed by the time actor who has just met her, like, I don't know, very recently. And he's telling her that her body clock is running out and that she needs to, and that she's not going to be able to have a baby is like a really weird way to introduce that side of her character is through that, that time character and they're back and forth all the way up to the end. She didn't do anything for me, and it should have. Not in the way that Kira Knightley and Edward Norton didn't do anything for me. That didn't, and it, I don't think it ever was going to do anything for me. But this was like something like, yeah, we could have at least had a scene at the beginning of her, like, or like, I don't know, express something of, you know, just some sort of, it, some sort of passion passion for wanting to have a child or some sort of passion that everyone is telling her is like oh she put so much into the business that she never had the time to do it was like why is everyone talking about her like that yeah like, why, why not is everyone like personal life when she doesn't even talk about this sort of shit you know totally like where is her having a conversation with an ex-lover that's like the ex-lover okay. says like i would have a love for you to be there but you chose work over me or yeah. it or if her mother like in a poor example but an often used example is her mother being like, oh, I just, sure. I, I, I envision your life being like this, and then you choose. There's a lot this. of stereotypical things that you could add. You could add, right. little, you know, she's or she's it's got, like really fucked up. She's how the, they she's did Winslow the, in this. She goes oh. to the doctor or something and has to, you know, or the doctor. Whatever. Oh, the doctor would have been a great example Simple too. Like something. It, and again, that's where we know that these actors are capable of doing like working with and being given so much and they will give you a lot out of that. And for her to be given so little, it just, yeah, it's like really apparent. And she kind of has to just watch Ed Norton do what he does. And then at the end, you know, she just is the one to reveal things to Will Smith but not in a point of strength. It's almost like a point of weakness that she does it is how the movie illustrates. It's like, oh, she can't hold it in. She's going to start crying and, and telling uh, this, the secret of them doing doing this behind Will Smith's back or, or something like that. Um, when in fact, like, I, I don't know. She truly is the heart and soul of the movie in, in, oh in my a certain God, yeah. way. It's just not of her own accord a lot of times. It's a lot of whether the narrative or the characters around her, it's thrust upon her of like, oh, well, this needs to happen and you're the nicest person here <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, right. I but, uh, yeah, these all these meetings happen um, and he's losing it and he like uh, he approaches Naomi Harris and... Uh, yeah, let's talk about the Naomi Harris of it all because like, sure, yeah. honestly, the, the, the rest of the plot kind of just goes along in... Mm-hmm the totally expected way. Like mm-hmm. I honestly, this, that's why, you know, another, this is, yeah, I feel like a broken record, but this was another movie where this I'm like, probably a boring part right here. The, this movie is really fucking boring. And I'm a little concerned about how much we're going to spend time on this because, and honestly, we shouldn't spend too much time on it. Uh, we just in general, already. We're, we're good. Yeah. I know. I know. But like, you, you know, going into this, I was like, Oh, it just, cause it's a short, relatively short movie. It's so about concepts rather than 
like meat of the issue. It's all flash, no substance. Yeah. But you know, all of that to be said, like getting into the Naomi Harris stuff because she is the one doing genuine work with Will Smith's character right. mm-hmm. about getting over it, the loss. Like all of the stuff that he, all of the conversations he has with her, that is actually working. Yeah. You know, all, all, all of this other like wackadoo shit that <laughs> his, his friends are doing is yeah. like not helping. And that's also given the, equal, it, equal time. Both are given equal time, you know. More time more, skin. more so to the uh the, to the them, front to their plans and everything like that. But that's where the back and forth I've expressed is like, yeah, what am I rooting for here? And you're absolutely right. That that was an illustration of, hey, this is how real grief counseling might go, and this is his slow kind of process Earth. into it. And like right. I don't know. It's like there's that movie about that and him going through it and having a support system that believes in him. And then there's the movie uh, that's possible where it's like, hey, this is all magic. We're going to skip the fucking part about like hiring actors. This is going to be literal love, literal time, literal death. And we can skip all the fucking like setting up a plan about it. We're going to just have like, no, Helen Mirren is death. She's going to appear with the letter and she's literally going to be death like that. There's a movie out there like that that I think I might like a little bit more. Oh my God. Yeah. There is definitely a movie here that I like because like when I saw the the movie we're giving, we saw the the trailer before this record. Uh, and Mm -hmm. yeah, like and the description last week when we, when we picked this movie was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Like these people are actually going to be playing these things, but no, they're playing actors playing those things as opposed to a movie that I do like a lot, which is very weird movie, but I do like a lot. Uh, meet Joe black. Where oh Brad yeah. Pitt, yeah. You love that movie. Yeah, for sure. Where Brad Pitt plays death and falls in love with Anthony Hopkins daughter. And, uh, it's a weird movie and, but he's just, he's just literally playing death. So it's like, it's that, that part is possible. This whole like, extra layer on top of it doesn't really do anything for me. Maybe it's a method to like highlight the characteristics in these, in Ed Norton, Michael Pena and and Kate Winslet. But when we just have this conversation and it doesn't even do that successfully and whether it's supposed to be this cathartic experience for Will Smith to have these conversations with these people, some of that stuff doesn't really go as well as it could. If these things were actual, these, spiritual representations that I like, if he was actually talking to love time or death, you can get to some really deep sort of places oh with that God, as yes. opposed to Kira Knightley. Like, Oh God, how do I get my role? Right? Ooh, I'm not doing my role. Right. I don't know how to improvise. Oh geez. I'm an actor and I'm falling too much into the part. It's like, that's what the move. Sorry. I'm smacking my mic out. I'm, I'm a, t- <laughs> a little, I'm a little Italiano. I make movements with my hands. People. This is how it is. I'm a smack my mic. I smack my mic. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I I don't know. I I'm. I'm it just <laughs> just makes makes me. Uh, yeah, it gets you riled up. Gets yeah. gets me all uh, all riled up. This the this movie and not and not like the best because like I was thinking like oh man I wish there was more magic like because there's a little bit of magic at the end that leaves you with like right. there's magic out there and I'm like what and then but then that's just a different movie where it's like oh do I want the one that's like more like a hard hitting drama about a man who lost his daughter. And is like fucking dealing with it and has to like deal with grief counseling and, and everything sure. like that. I, I don't know. There's just, 
I'm oh not yeah, to, no, I'm not fair. Necessarily I know. Write the movie, but just oh, thinking of all, God, all these all elements and concepts that they throw in, and then they kind of all fall flat. I don't know. Yeah, no, that is an amazing like a take on it. Mama mia, feel, mama yeah, you just do the. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, because I that's exactly how I felt about this. I think we might be really similar on our overall scores, uh, because yeah, like. It's egregious, like, or maybe not egregious, but very apparent. I, I, well, they might be, the, those might be the same things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, there, it wants to be something it doesn't achieve. It mm-hmm. posits things deeper than it ever gets into. And it is acted better than it's written. Like there are these weird, yeah. you know, these things about it where it presents almost like I like I know how this movie could be. I know what this mm-hmm. should be about, but you just don't get there. You never get there, you know. And it's like, yeah, it's like a frustrated parent of like, I love you so much. I love, <laughs> and I would All like to see you succeed, but you just sent in a half-ass report on this or like gave your the bare minimum on this as opposed to giving all the passion and energy and beauty that you have to offer it's just yeah it's such a yeah it's, yeah, such it's like a i see you tried really bummer. hard in this and you focus really hard on this one aspect of it but the overall present you got to focus on the overall presentation you can't spend all your time on just getting a great cast and expecting it to i don't know play out or something because right yeah it's it's on this on the surface there's there's a lot i'm sure and then this is what this is why it's polarizing there's a lot for the audience to enjoy about about this movie. sure and i'm sure if you get if you were to catch someone in emotion in an emotional state in their life watching this at certain times like i don't know i feel like it could have, have that effect. I, I, but, but honestly it's like, it is kind of like that's i'm glad it, that you brought that up because i'm in an emotional state in my life with my family and what's going on with that and this movie doesn't get me there like there are there are movies that will get me there like noticeably easier and better especially because yeah like i get what you're talking about is that it tries to elicit some really deep emotional shit here but it's so incredibly vague and one-dimensional with everything that it's i'm not connecting with it really Mm -hmm. unless Unless I was a man in my late 40s who lost a kid and I'm like totally specific to this movie, then then I would connect with it. But it is touching on loss. Mm -hmm. It is touching on how fragile life is. Like I think a great example of it in its inadequacies are in – Michael Pena almost more so than Will Smith because the shit he is going through is like really fucking yeah like intense and Mm -hmm. like uh, almost does make me a little emotional thinking about it because it is a father conceptualizing the future where he was involved in his kid's life and now he's not going to be in his kid's life and that's something that's really touching to me but like he is like fourth build in what's going on Mm -hmm. and everything else that's like more in the forefront 
is way more flash than substance and it's hard to connect with and yeah like again i it kind of to the point that you're bringing up and the point i'm reiterating at the top of this is that like if you were to pitch this to somebody because you're really just speaking in more general terms or more conceptually about what could happen or what's what you're trying to make happen Mm -hmm. i could get people being on board with it but then what ends up being on the screen what ends up being the narrative and being the story of this Mm -hmm. movie it's like so one-dimensional and surface level it's crazy because again like the actors themselves are bringing like 40 like a four-dimensional like shit because they're so amazing i guess is what why i mean why i say four not three because like they're taking a piece of paper that has just such generic bullshit on it and then they're not only filling that out in the space, but they're also ascribing a deeper meaning in their reactions. It's just, it, it doesn't fully get there because this it's edited shot and written in a way that isn't, it, it, it doesn't get there. So like, you can't just have the actors getting there and then the actors doing the heavy lifting there and then it be okay. Like you, this movie is an amazing example of like, you have to understand the human condition more to like get like bridge the gap between somebody who can feel deep and consider it, you know, shit like, and it thinks itself is like much deeper than it, than it is as well. When there's these moments where it's like, you can kind of feel the pregnant point where it's like about to say something really meaningful with two people and everything. And when they do it, yeah, it just kind of like that, that line didn't mean as much to me as I was hoping it would, or like how well you're saying it and with what conviction that you have. And I was on, I was honestly glancing at some of the quotes just now, if I can maybe like, say a couple like this is this is time talking time they say you heal all wounds but they don't talk about how you destroy all that's good in the world how you turn beauty into ash now that's some bullshit howard now if love is creation and death is destruction i'm just the terrain in between you don't understand time no one understands time einstein was close when he said i was just an illusion yeah i don't know there's something that's like comes across as it's kind of, so kind of like amateurish in the writing of it. It's like, it's just totally. kind of like Einstein was close when he said I was like an illusion. I don't know. It just, it, it's, it sounds like not deep when it wants to be, or it's portraying something that is philosophical or like even the it's movie, smooth. the movie it says is like Will Smith, like is like, it's all intellectual bullshit. And it's like, yeah. it, it almost has like a, I mean, the the feelings of the movie doesn't really care for that. And it's more about the feeling rather than like, don't don't think too hard. Um, This movie just came to my mind because I to me, it's such a great uh, simulacrum of it is this movie to me is like. um, It is like a Donald Glover or a childish Gambino to music is that it's like (laughs) somebody who understands like really good movies, Mm -hmm. but they're not 
like coming at it from the place that the movie is trying to like is great movies are coming from. It's like coming from the viewer of those emotions and of Mm. those places and understanding that really strong emotion happens in these moments and because of these situations, but you're not coming, your voice isn't fully coming from the place of that person. It's like the person who appreciates the person going through strife and struggle or whatever and it's yeah like i i would equate this movie to a childish gambino album like i get he likes really good music like if we were to talk about music that we like i i think we would probably be almost 100 percent on the same page but that doesn't mean like making all of these greatest hits together hmm. it's the reason that's a greatest hit is because it came from like a honest and true place that is so unique to the artist. And so to just like replicate that because the general concept of what they're talking about is interesting, doesn't make a good album or doesn't make a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, like you some, have to some really juicy scenes of like, Oh, you're going to be talking with love. You're going to be talking with death, sure. be time. And, and to me, yeah, again, that's why this feels like a, an adaptation of a book. It's, it feels like these, these big deep quotes that I'm kind of looking, looking at some of these just feel like they were pulled out of a book and placed within the screenplay, hoping to ascribe some meaning to, to what's going on. And there's, there's a few monologues like the one with Will Smith on the, on the subway and, and everything and some, and some juicy stuff, but that comparison to childish, yeah, can be, you know, that's, that's interesting because you see, you see the you see work being done and you see success uh in in terms of how how a movie is maybe structured and the rises and falls of emotion within a scene and and everything like that but as you said it's 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 like surface level and the and the kind of flashy sort of stuff that brings someone in to read the script and, and come in and do the movie um, and everything like that. But as far as an audience member goes, it, it didn't do as much for me as I was hoping. And I am also in a place that I feel like I'm not dead inside. Like I'm not stone hearted. Right. And there was moments that were like, you know, making me think about the emotional points in my life. This, this past, you know, we've all been, yeah. we've all gone through stuff, but I've, you everybody know, I've, has. Yeah. Yeah, I've had I've had issues myself this this past year and there was moments that was like it was like kind of touching a little little nerve in me of like of of an emotional thing and then it would just kind of like dissipate and then not really fully get there. I, I don't there's some something about it and I think for me yeah, I was thinking thinking a lot about this is these are act, these are actors playing actors and I think that extra right. like, extra layer of it like brought me out of it and as opposed to the moments with will smith and naomi harris just walking along the street talking about you know in more of a casual matter of fact way like they're dead children turns out it's one child and we'll get to that later but talk, talking about uh you know their their grief yeah. and everything and that was like that hit home for me way more and if you're gonna have yeah i don't know if you're gonna have the situation with love time and death Having actors playing them, actors playing actors playing these things was a step too far removed to have an, the emotional effect I think that they wanted 
in it. Yeah. Um, and the connections that were between Ed Norton, Karen Knightley and, and time and Kate Winslet and death and Michael Pena. It's like, none of that stuff hit me as hard as just like, Hey, how's Will Smith doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what I was mainly concerned, concerned with. And, uh, there was a lot of like, yeah, like how do I get back? And I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this next scene with Will Smith, Edward Norton. What I'm going to, what am I going to do? Says Karen Eiley or something like that. And it's like, who fucking cares, dude? Like, I, I just, I was right. like, I, I, I don't need to know about this. I'd rather have you guys sitting in the clouds or something being like, how do we deal with Will Smith? How do we deal with him? He is a, he's a hurt man. And it is upon our spiritual grace to send him a line <laughs> of some kind. I don't know. Whatever. I, I just keep on trying to push forward magic because I like magic. Um, I think, I think <laughs> we can I'm, kind of... Yeah, I'm going to go pee real quick. But yeah. Okay, sounds good. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, I'd say I'd be down to move on to the end of this movie um, and kind of talk about the resolutions, I guess. We've mm -hmm. kind of touched on already the big... There's the big board scene. I guess we can we can start there. Um, he they present the footage to Will Smith, doctored and everything. That just blows my mind. And well done, really well done. There's a there's a part where it's the where uh, time or death or whatever should have been, and then it was completely gone. There was like a person walking from behind that where that it's just like really well done imaging. They must have hired hired somebody. Uh, that did one did that jap that uh sorry i don't know why i keep saying japanese commercial that uh <laughs> it was like mexican commercial or spanish, spanish or something uh commercial um to to really <laughs> make that happen i just i can't i can't believe so so they digitally process well, so, they digitally let's process get into it. yeah well let's get into the end of the movie because there's Two things that we need to like kind of how, get to how, the bottom. How did they of, need to which is, process if they were actually it, invisible? <laughs> that's okay. So that's <laughs> to me that okay. Let's uh, put a pin in that. Yes. <laughs> put a pin in that. Okay. What is collateral beauty? <laughs> Can you? Uh, I am having the hardest fucking time. I, I watched really this movie wish... twice, and I no. the, the the second time I was like. I want to understand what collateral beauty is, and I really wish they I at least people have a zero idea what collateral beauty is. Like, and I was, they, uh, like so they, you shaking your head, understandable, was hoping that you had an answer to it because I am so frustrated by not knowing what collateral beauty is do they mind it is might as well have just done life of brian and just been like always look on the bright side, side of, life. of life yeah I, it, it just it didn't mean anything is that what it, collateral beauty is it's just no, i don't know like that was that was like oh there's good like yeah look at the bright side of things i, I don't know like <laughs> i think it's a part of collateral beauty for sure but i'm just yeah. curious like if you were to just, uh, and I'll give my definition afterwards. But like, what how, what would you say collateral beauty is? So something. So in that context of their their six year old child being put to death. So that's that's the moment because collateral that's beauty the comes yeah. out. That's that's mm. in this movie. That's when it, it's 
and they don't say anything past that, all they show is that, hey, that was Helen Mirren. How about that? And that's the only thing that they like the follow up to that moment. There's a part where Will Smith is like, there's no such thing as collateral beauty because he's that's when he's he's talking to spoiler alert his uh his ex like he's like i don't I, they're having a meal i think and he's like i just i don't she, she is telling him what collateral the story about, is, about yeah. like yeah and of, about uh, helen Miram because apparently Heron, helen Miram, as we later find yeah. out mm-hmm. was the person who told her about collateral beauty who fucking cares because there's no like there's no but there's no follow up, dude. There's there's just like they decide to throw a little bit of magic at the end, to f- and I just feel completely a lot of magic if you were to think about it. But I feel it's completely cheated. I feel completely cheated because the, the like I feel like the entire movie leading up to that, it's all been very, it's all been like pretty literal. Apart from like Will Smith is like writing to these things, but it's like everyone views that as like how anyone maybe in the real world would be like, oh, that's interesting. That's, but then at the end, it's like so they just start putting some magic stuff in that like oh by the way that's Helen Mirren and I could I was just like so like and and why and and what collateral beauty means to Helen Mirren and if she is actually death then uh death is a natural part of life so so I I don't know within, within that context and everything I just took it as like this is this is part of life and there's going to be something good that comes out of this as bleak and dismal as it looks now. Like there's going to be a, a beauty to, uh, to these circumstances, like to whatever happened today, there's, there's going to be, be, if you open yourself up to more past this moment and don't completely shut yourself down from the world Mm -hmm. and, and, not accept any more love uh, because love has betrayed you, then you close yourself off from a possible opening of a new path in your life mm-hmm. caused by a great sure. tragedy, um, which, yeah, like, I mean, and I'm sure many people could assume a way at like what that means, but the term collateral, like collateral be- beauty, those two terms put together I think in a movie full of like, you know, some monologues and dialogues, like there could have been a little bit more meat on those bones. Oh my like, God. Yeah, for sure. Hell, I, I'm Helen Mirren. And let me tell you all about like, or just not even all about it, just a little, little, little bit more of like, what do you mean by that? But what is collateral beauty to you, Brandon? Let me ask you. No, no. I would say the, uh, similarly, like collateral beauty is a recognition into the impact in a, just a general sense, n- neither positive nor negative, that a situation as traumatic as losing a child has on you. And what you end up coming out of that situation with it is, and that is what is collateral beauty. It is the feeling you get when you realize that that's the traumatic thing that happened to you happened for a reason and you are going to be a different person but have the potential to be a more understanding person out of it and yeah so that's what it means to me but i completely agree with you that in the movie it is so much of like working backwards 
of I because I with this movie the way that you know we've kind of critiqued it already is is that it just seems so much of the movie is a pitch and it never fully fleshed itself out <laughs> from being a pitch it just like continue to be a marketing advertising a, pitch dude, and, absolutely it's like a skit it's like it's like uh, right. I, I wrote that in my notes too it's like this whole movie feels like an elongated motivational speech right where it's just like at the end it just kind of has to have like some big flashy way to wrap it up so you can mm-hmm. go out feeling like something actually happened um so i can make that pitch of collateral beauty and that being like the end of it like if i were to tell you that you know the james the situations that you've had uh, just the culmination of them that have led to shape your character can be upended by situations that are outside of your control and that is going to put you in a state of flux that where you don't know what's up or down because what you knew to be true like you're that's a thing to be worked out and coming out of working out a problem not a problem but a moment or a time in your life is going to change you once you come out of it and you will come out of it because you're a strong person that is collateral beauty and then you just leave it at that like that is such a pitch that i yeah yeah in a motivational speech or something like you say at the beginning like there's such thing as collateral beauty, blah, 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 blah. And then like the movie goes on and then at the end, it's like you revisit that idea in a new light or something like that. I, I don't know. I've, I've seen enough romantic comedies or something. No, totally. Like about a boy. I was thinking about Hugh Grant's whole thing about I'm uh-huh. an island and I don't need anybody. And at the end, he's like, you know what? There's such things as like subsets of islands that are all connected under the water and all that stuff. And so like this, his view is still island based but it's changed and morphed into something else ah, that's just an example but when at no, the that's very- a great example because that there's no change that happens it's not like collateral beauty materializes well or is described well for what it is for will smith it's just this again so much of this movie is a general concept collateral beauty here is I'm gonna just posit this out in the world of collateral beauty. I believe in you, this. You don't believe right. in this. Now we're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, like uh, the you know just like with Simon Sinek and anybody who even Will Smith, guilty as he is, because honestly, like when you're talking at these conventions and that's like something i i don't know i guess i'm just like really kind of getting into my philosophy about it is is that like when you're getting paid millions of dollars to talk about a philosophy that you've developed within your head there's such a level of egotism that is like really so self-centered and shallow that like is gross it's like a cult and it's like yeah it's like, like it's, a, it's like cult. a cult leader or something some of them. Mm-hmm, for sure and that's that's a lot of what is this movie's positing is is like it's it's like this movie was written by a follower of a cult or they read like chicken soup for the soul like every day when they when they went to the bathroom and they're like i need to make a movie about 
it's like Childish Gambino or Donald Glover listening to Jay-Z and Kanye West and T.I. Like, yeah, I, I get, like, you understand why things are important, but you're not coming at it from a place of knowledge, first and foremost, really, because... I think this movie has the potential. If it was a better movie, it would like, you know, just like what I brought up about uh, me hearing these things through Simon Sinek and going to these conventions is like, there is a like people will subscribe to ideologies because they want to find purpose in their life. And there's like a deeper meaning that you yeah, yourself can subscribe but just like you can bring you can latch on to ideas but in order to fundamentally make an impact like you have to make it a reality you have to make it real you have to make it personal and there's so little personability or like understanding of motivation or where things are coming from you're just like oh this sound it's like a person who's like oh this sounds really nice like oh this is feels good in my ears oh this is great for my ego like it, it, all of those things but it's like not understanding why maybe your ego needs to be massaged in certain ways because like all of us like as human beings on like i guess that's like kind of my philosophy or critique about this movie is, is that it like it tries to elicit so much like really deep him like mm. human shit in it and it's it <laughs> it's not doing it well because it's not coming from a place of honesty and realism. It's just coming from like a very billboardy, uh, like general understanding of it. Like, Oh, I understand, you know, getting over this or, uh, loving this is good, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, it's, it's almost like a movie written by a person who's never had any problems in their life and they are making a movie about a person with problems. Like that's how I feel about it. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, well things are kind of stereotypical that way. And each character is like, is defined by their one flaw. It's like you were given this one characteristic mm -hmm. and that defines your whole fucking personality. And that's what your whole, the whole movie. I hate when people do that getting, too. Getting yeah. Through that, through that one thing. Um, and in an ensemble cast, it's that everyone is kind of given the short shrift, including the main character a little bit. And it's kind of not, not anyone is really serviced a hundred percent well. And, uh, if we can get to the end here and the, the overall structure of the plot and the service that this twist puts onto the movie, I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of this was other than to it's be so like weird. the audience just to be like oh wow okay oh, no, like, no, it's like, totally it's like oh, it's like it only it only it. happens within the ten voices within the last <laughs> what's that yeah i it was an amazing way oh, to describe it, yeah. yeah but yeah. you were just like no yeah <laughs> like that's exactly the type of person yeah. because it's it's like i have so much of a problem with major motion pictures 
And like, this is such a popcorn movie in the way that it's presented and what we've gotten to the heart of. And that, and I, I guess why I bring it up is because of that, like reaction vocally or uh, uh, just, you know, sound wise is like, oh yeah. Like, uh, that's it, what you feel like. And then when you're walking out of the movie, you're like, Okay, like that's what you—that's what you're thinking about. Is that? Is that? Just watch the movie with five Nascar. NASCAR. NASCAR winner. Yeah. Oh, roll time. What was that movie? Like with it's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. Was it? Oh, is it Julian Huff and Josh Duhamel? Oh yeah, and Josh Duhamel and, and it's uh, from Shabatsky yeah. from How Did How I Met Your Mother. It's like it's a like, military movie, right? It's like Dear John, I think it's what no, it's called. No, it's it's uh, um, this woman's like on the run from the law, and she like takes a bus into this town. Oh, I know what you're talking house, about. And then like there's it's a, not Dear John. I don't think that's the name of it. It's it, there's some other name I think, but she's you. Uh, spoiler for that movie like there's a person who turns out to be a ghost in in that movie and like Uh it just kind of reminded me of how i felt at the end of that of that kind of like hallmark sort of yeah maybe nicholas sparks romantic sort of thing of kind of like oh safe haven safe haven yeah safe haven was that was the one and yeah it turns out this house that she's been living in robin trabowski's like trying to get her all situated in this town and hook her up with josh dumel you find out that Robin Trabowski's Josh dead wife and yeah. <laughs> is trying to get uh, her to yeah I'm explaining I'm over explaining all this anyways it's just like just a typical situation where that, that a ex service wants the, the new oh, wife to fuck the husband yeah yeah you know yeah. how it goes but like you know I, now that I'm thinking about that that almost like had a point to it it was like in a movie that had a, other stuff going on too and you're like where where is this twist coming from um but this, like, what? Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this, to some people are like, oh, it services the audience in in a way that it makes it entertaining and a and a satisfying ending. To me, it's like a disservice to the audience because everything leading up to it has been disingenuous in a certain way. Oh, in, in yeah. This, in the sense that, like, what was he? Sh- Love, the, the stuff that she, that, Naomi, that, Naomi, that Naomi Harris was, yeah. was doing. I get that was was she was trying to bring him into the support group, but it was all structured in a way so that you would not know this twist. So she was like, what is the name of your daughter? And asking all these questions and everything that was, uh... it was not servicing them connecting. It was not, it's not servicing anything more than just pushing that twist down the line of like, see how much they don't know each other. And there was a lot of that sort of stuff. I was realizing now looking back of like, there was a lot of setup just to let the audience know that they didn't, they don't know each other. And they were asking these and then there was just the knowing look in Naomi Harris's facial expression. Yeah. I kind of look back now, but like I did not appreciate that because I thought there were better things that could have been done given, you know, this is not a very long well, movie. Focusing on uh, Kate Winslet's character more, you know? Sure. That kind of stuff. And, and, <laughs> It's like coming, it's like them not Shyamalan situation. Their, their, oh, their romance was something that solved his grief. Mm-hmm. Sure. And to me, it's like them coming back together and having that support system of each other is a big deal. And him going to those support meets meetings and, and groups and everything is a big deal. And that's in the movie. I think illustrates that 
that helps. But then at the end, it's like, oh, their romance and them getting back together is going to like make everything all right. And then like him signing the company away, like that's how we're going to resolve things. And we can walk away knowing that they're back together, even though up until that point, we thought they were courting each other. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, that the, the romantic part of like them wishing they, that the other one was strangers and, and that, that piece, that's like the romantic sort of Nicholas Sparks twist that I, I could, I could kind of like get into that little, like, uh, yeah. that, that element of it, you know, of like, she has that letter from him saying like, I wish we were strangers. There's a, there's a emotional attachment I can ascribe to that. Even if it was like presented in a kind of a hacky sort of way, like that emotional baggage that they have together as partners must be so much to deal with and for them to, to move on and everything. But to shove it in the last 10 minutes in the movie was a disservice to me. Was a, was a yeah. disservice to honestly their relationship in the movie and treated it more as an entertainment piece rather than like an actual emotional like arc. It was more just like, Hey, got you there. And um, yeah, I don't know. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on your cow. Shame. on. <laughs> yeah. No, I think there is a total market for like, um, adult movies like this you know people who are in their mid 40s to early 60s where like they want you know they are man people are (laughs) and audience members there's like people are interested in these twists like there's a reason why M. Not Shyamalan exists there's a reason why I just recently because I was hanging out with the family like watching NCIS or whatever like oh, sure. there, there's just a whole easy get because I'm going to be fucking hugely critical because this stuff is mindless bullshit that I'm so frustrated by because Ooh. what it's doing is like Simple misdirects in order to elicit simple uh, uh, entertainment responses. Totally. And and it just drives me nuts. Like, oh, yeah, we can, you know, and just if anybody listening, like if you had a frustration with M. Night Shyamalan because, oh, all of a sudden this thing just started to happen or, you know, oh, it seems really convenient that oh, this is the rules of the world or whatever. That stuff totally exists in this movie. And I guess the most frustrating part about it is, is that there's a type of person who, or a large group of people who like that, where they're all about yeah. just a, like a cheap thrill. You know, mm-hmm. it's like getting on the slingshot, uh, you know, a carnival ride at certain carnivals that is really just like propelling people up in the air quickly. Yeah. Like it is just such a cheap thrill. And yeah, it's, it's, it's in, in this frustrating. It's, I can see it being extremely cathartic for certain audience members to ex- experience those sort of things. And almost like, yeah, some people will, th- will throw on horror movies every night and, and, and get a, get a kick out of that just because right. it brings them to that place. Um, but this is it's one. So apparent this is the one where is, the, right. This is one where it's so apparent there was that the movie, <laughs> the, the, the movie is exploitative in that is yeah, that it's yeah, just, yeah. 
Oh yeah, guess what? You know, it kind of like a chasses away and then brings part this like everything oh, is solved. Don't worry about it. Like just yeah. And then don't worry about it. We got a, this. We got this. Like, like, oh, isn't this fun? Kate Winslet has just, a scene uh, with yeah. time and uh, yeah. Ed, Eddie Eddie Nortz got a scene with with Kira and um you yeah. know and and Michael Pena gets. I thought that was one of the more emotional parts that I think you touched on it too was Michael Pena's last little little talk about how he thought he was going to be yeah he thought he was going to grow old and be grandpa and great grandpa and all like his lineages yeah. and stuff that was and then she was like see you later pops and stuff I was like man Helen Mirren I is my was That's good I, actress in this movie. Yeah, I have to it's say my favorite my favorite it, it was Helen Mirren. Anytime Helen Mirren was on like Oh my god, she I wanted, is the I wanted the, I wanted the movie to be about her. I'm telling you, Ditch. Me and Brandon and me and Brandini are going to make Ditch starring Helen Mirren. Oh. Yeah. And, and she's going to be uh just helping people she's gonna out. be death and getting people to yeah like accept it and to like fall in that ditch so oh my god i love that i want i want to watch this movie <laughs> um but yeah i'm ready to ready to wrap it up and to move on some to some reviews if you are yeah yeah um, me too i'm gonna just go pee one more time and i'll be right back i'm gonna go ahead and start uh reading some reviews uh while brandon is doing that um just to remind everybody we got a 14 percent critics rating very low. And then we got a 64% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, there's a little critics consensus blur appeal here. I'll read that. Well-meaning but fundamentally flawed, collateral beauty aims for uplift but collapses in unintentional hilarity. Unintentional hilarity. Whoa. They're, they're calling it like so bad it's good almost territory. All right. Well, let's, let's start here. Um, do, 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 do. let's go with the Atlantic, uh, Sophie Gilbert. It's transparently cynical with no apparent end game in mind other than simple profit that it's able to waste such a fleet of capable, capable actors and such elegant cinematography in the process is its main achievement. Ooh, sick Ooh. burn. Ooh. Said it's, uh, it's, it's able to waste such a fleet of capable actors and such ele- elegant, cinematography in the process is its main not elegant i know there's some people that really that are given some props there um richard brody from new yorker the failure of collateral beauty is all the more grievous for the waste of its superb actors Mm -hmm. um vox emily vanderwerf emily vanderwerf oh she's great is she she's from uh james bonding she is that, mm. am I, no, am I wrong? Oh, okay. She's uh, from Blank Check. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, lots of good actors sit in front of locked... Whoa, lots of good actors sit in front of a locked down camera and deliver some of the blandest work of their career. That that would be where I am. I, I honestly... Yeah, locked down camera. Like, I don't know. And all that focus yeah. in and out of focus shit was just bugging me. Even when they were in the grocery it's store, it's like... an interesting visually movie. Yeah. They would... There's like a lot of close-ups. Especially, you know, you see, mm-hmm. it, and you see it in that grocery store. It's like they're not trying to shoot to be artistic. They're just trying to keep brand names out of the background. So it's a really, really tight, close focus. And everything in the background is fucking blurred out. So they don't have... You can't... You don't... You're not able to see all of the brand names and all that stuff. And it was just like, there's, this isn't trying to be artistic. This is just like trying to get the job fucking done. Um, honestly is, is how I feel about it. But, 
uh, Manola Dargis from oh, all the people behind the curtain. <laughs> We're about to get into reviews. Yeah, that was. Well, I mean, that yeah. I mean that's I, that's what I, there's a lot of interesting things with focus in this movie, and that was one that wasn't artistic. There's other ones where it's like completely out of focus, and then both whether it's time, death, or love will slowly walk Dude. in. Just so oh, many oh of those God, close-ups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've already mentioned and I'll mention it again. It's like the visually, this is such a fucking boring movie. Agreed. Like, uh, it, but it is, I guess the thing that I'm really mentioning again is that it, it's so serviceable. Like, it's about, yeah, I, we need to see reactions out of these certain people. And yeah, it does that well. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Manola Dargis, New York Times. The five stages of grief sometimes seem ap- applicable to movie reviewing, except that I usually skip denial, rarely get around to acceptance, and generally just settle into anger, which is where I am with collateral beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott Tobias <laughs> with NPR. It has nothing to teach us about how to process a profound loss. It does, however, have something to say about what passes for serious in a studio film in 2016. Burn. Uh, not true though what what else was coming out I don't know I I don't want it's not not the 2016 of it is is that like it's the uh, like uh, say that review one more time it has nothing to teach us about how to process a profound loss it does that's not true yeah that in particular yeah that's not true because support group you know well, it also shows a, a per, like Will Smith is incredibly like lived in convicted about loss, uh, loss of his daughter, but the movie doesn't go like work through it. Well, like that's the problem. It's not that, you know, maybe that's what he's referring to. Yeah. How to, how to process <laughs> it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's going by. Oh, not, I see what you're saying. I still uh, think it's like romantic comedy logic like they're taking a serious problem and adding like that logic on top of it of like let's deal with it in this like kind of a humorous funny way when it's like i didn't know where to find that humor sometimes um Mm. we'll move on to joe morgan stern from wall street journal reviewing movies what boggles the mind is the movie's enchantment with its hapless self in the realm of entertainment collateral beauty is death warmed over Boom, bitch. Uh, and then we'll end with our good friend oh. Peter Peter Travers at Rolling Stone. It's near impossible to make a movie with no redeeming features. But this tearjerker hits the zero stars jackpot, taking an all-star cast on a journey from absurd to zombified with frequent stops at pretentious. Zero out of four from Peter <laughs> Travers. Get fucked. Um, and we'll do <laughs> That's what it says at the end there. James, I love that, and I would like a lot more of that. (laughs) It says right at the end, Get fucked, sign Peter Travers, yeah! Um, Rolling Stone, rock and roll. All right, we'll go on to some positive reviews from audience members. Five stars from Matthew McBroom. Accurate portrayal of the pain and beauty of reconnecting to life. This movie nailed it. If you want to see the collateral beauty that occurs as grief transitions from the winter of death to springtime of life, again after the passing of your dearest one, watch this film. Maybe this feeling impossible to capture with the medium of film, but this movie comes closer than anything else I've seen. The dominoes, riding against the traffic, the pain of reconnecting to life are all realistically portrayed by Will Smith's intense facial expressions. I identified with him. It gets to where it seems easier to remain in the numbness rather than to push through the pain of reconnecting to life again. 
but then one misses the collateral beauty. This film is ultimately Mm. about healing and hope. Please listen to the reviews from the members of the club who have confronted this. We who have stood over the grave of a child, consigning to decay the best of our hopes and dreams in this life. My daughter's name is Rachel. She died of Dravet's syndrome, a rare genetic disorder also called severe myoclonic epilepsy of infancy, or SMEI for short. She was 13 years old. Jesus. Yeah, dude. I mean, we mentioned it though, right? It's like, like if, if you were in this yeah, place, like, if, you were, if, this, if this exact situation was your movie, I don't think it's a bad movie for that person. Like, I, I think you would be incredibly detached mm-hmm. and have a hard time coping with the reality because you lost your child. Like, and there is a definite reality of that in Will Smith's character. Yeah, it's just like if you were to say. But they threw out it too because, like, he's so despondent and, and, like, doesn't have a lot to say about certain situations. It's, like, pretty, I think, I would imagine being very true of, yeah, like, uh, God, it must be tough to, yeah, it just must be tough to live when you're the thing that you love most is gone. Like, yeah, and you just end up being, like, a weird person. And, yeah, and to see something express what you're feeling in some some sort of way, you know, is right. is, is I'm sure some solace into, into must help you process it in in, in some mm. some sort of way. And yeah, I, I know we mentioned the method methods that they use to get him to feel better, but yeah, he's got the support system that they're they're trying in their own ways to. I don't know. I won't get back into it. Anyways, um, Mike, uh, five stars, titled "Absolutely Loved Every Minute of It." My wife told me she found a great movie for us tonight. She was very excited, as we both know great movies are not, e- not easy to come by. Then she came back ten minutes later, after checking reviews on something called Rotten Tomatoes. She was not excited anymore, and she said the movie was getting bad reviews and that some were one star. Something, something didn't sound right. Will Smith movie, one star? You see what Rotten Tomatoes does, does to people? Um, maybe a f- few i'll go on maybe a few low ratings from the usual hard to please no matter what person but this was this movie really getting all these one stars no it wasn't further investigation found not only will smith but other great actors kate winslet kira knightley edward norton helen mirren and the trailer all moved us to purchase the movie and wow i will wait as long as i can before watching it again but probably won't be that long I usually write one or or a few word reviews even for the movies I really like, and I know I cannot do this one justice because I am not a writer. (laughs) 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 So just a few more words actually about the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) Great acting, amazing story, amazing story, transformation, a few twists I didn't see coming. I loved it. (laughs) Um, We'll move on uh, to Wild Mom, Wild Mum. Uh, titled oh, Un- my God, Unforgettable yeah. That's a film. great screen name. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I write this as I struggle to breathe through one nostril and blow snot bubbles from the other. Unlike the other reviewers, I would not care to watch this over and over again, but rather experience it with family or friends as they view it for the first time. The actors played their role so well that for the most part, I forgot about who they were because I believe they were real. It really is a beautiful film, and I hope that it not only helps someone live on without their loved ones, but that it reminds those of us that haven't experienced the hardest times of our lives yet to pay attention to the small things now. Yeah. I think she's kind of touching on the collateral beauty, those little small things, you know, a little bit. Um, yeah. 
from Howard Hopkins, five stars, titled Just Watch It. Uh, we watched it without knowing anything about the movie. It was one of the best movies I've seen in the last 30 years. Big time. Um, I fucking loves it. That's right. We'll do maybe like a couple more here. Let's see. Uh, Mason Family. There's a, an account just for the whole Mason Family. Five stars. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Well, at the time, the kids weren't old enough to be submitting reviews. So, I mean, right. yeah, oh, you know what? Okay, James, like, honestly, though, isn't that kind of fun as, like, a family? Yeah. Like, if you were to just have some some kiddos around and yeah. you're just, like, watching a movie, you're like, okay, guys, what are we going to write as a review? Because, like, I mean, What's it's, like, rating? me, like, what is our rating? Uh, I kind of fucking love it. That's fun. Yeah, you should you should do a little household uh, account for for you guys. Uh, over, over yeah, just you, you, what are we what are we rating it? Okay. Uh, so I almost want to go into more of the reviews. See what else they they reviewed. Oh, I mean, uh, oh, what was their? Could you just give me what the last movie they reviewed is, or is that not possible? Uh, they uh, reviewed a. It looks like a kids book. Um, oh. uh, last December, five stars. Swash B in the sea. Great story for littles who are curious about the ocean. My little loved how the sea fiddled just a bit. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. And then more just kind of like uh, other products that aren't movies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Dude, just have a whole, like household account. Everybody, if you, ah, I kind of fucking love that though. You just have this household account that anybody who wants to make a review just can, you know, log in and just. Yeah, and they all okay. they all like go shop shopping for for different things, but uh, yeah. yeah, now I feel like I'm being a little invasive, but it's it's okay. I think <laughs> they, they put it on the on the internet. That's it's all it's all public knowledge. Uh, so they they uh, they say I knew this would pull up my heartstrings, but as sad as I did, as it is, I loved it. Everyone takes a loss differently. I would and will watch again and again. No. I, that was that was a glowing review from from the Mason family. Um, let's see. I think I will do one more. This one seems interesting. Kakeo fifty eight five stars titled "If you are at that place where all humans find themselves, then it can help." Just from the teasers, you know this movie is a fairy tale for grownups, but it tries to say something serious. If I may, you could call it a series of connected vignettes about love and loss, grieving actually, <laughs> instead of love actually. If you understand it, then you will love it or hate it. I loved it for the catharsis. If you do not connect it with it, then you will get nothing from it and should go back to washing the dishes. The best way to connect. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Way, okay. I don't know what that meant. The best way to connect is to just stop thinking and let your heart react naturally to what you experience. If you stop thinking and let yourself feel, this movie will hurt you very much. Quote, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. I focus on the It's the only thing that's real. Hurt by Johnny Cash. J.R. Cash is what he calls him. I was watching the beautiful little vignettes, and out of the blue, it triggered my sorrow. I could not stop crying. On and on and on. It would not stop. That hurt so very much. But at the end, I felt better than I had in years, having let that out. This is what catharsis means. I will not tell you the trigger. It may not work for you, or you may find another trigger. There are many. Thinking about the structure, the philosophy, the fairy tale gives you nothing. So a critique would not help at all. But if you are at that place where all humans find themselves, then it can help. 
Wow. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> that had a real effect on this person, this this movie. I, it almost seems like the desired effect uh, from the people who made it is, is how that person just like was like, I got to rethink my whole fucking existential, existential life and in, in, in existence right now. Um, I'm down to move to final thoughts. Uh, who, who wants to go first? I can go first. All right. Yeah, so this movie has some amazing actors in it, and it was really enjoyable to watch for what what their performances, like each individual one's performance was. And uh, man, yeah, that was just really great to see Edward Norton with Kate Winslet with Michael Pena. Oh, so it's like the Avengers. If you actually cared about acting and man, the way this movie like ultimately presents itself in like the dialogue and also too the way that it's shot is I would also lump it together because it just like understands what it is to functionally be a movie, but it, it doesn't understand hard or like, man, there's like a way to look at things. And even like it talks about marketing in this movie, like this is actually how marketing is, is that you just so much of marketing is understanding like what, like what the why truly is. And this movie says that it's about the why, but it's so much about how. And yeah, like it just flies in contradictory to, uh, yeah, the what the projected ethos is to ultimately what the ethos of this movie is. And that is People go through really tough situations and we at times want to feel less alone. And so I'm going to just give you situations that people can relate to and connect with, but I don't care so much about actually like getting into why those emotions matter. It's more so about just like telling people that, oh yeah, like, you know, things are tough, man. Especially if you lose a kid, man, that's really tough stuff. But that's periods full stop where we're at in this. And that's like kind of fucked up. <laughs> and yeah, like if I were to give this movie a rating in summation, what I would say is, is that Not a good, not a good movie. Do actors make what makes a good movie is good writing that great actors are responding to. And it was so crazy to see great actors responding to terrible writing. And if anybody out there who's like, maybe, I don't know, like get it, trying to figure out how to write a good movie. I would just implore them so much to see how like you can think about writing characters and situations based on how good actors are going to like make those situations real. But if you don't 
come from a perspective. This is to, you know, almost, I'm going to speak to, I'm going to speak to uh, Childish Gambino. It's one thing to understand good art, but it's a totally different situation. And why we like art is to see real struggle, real innovative thought come from somebody that you didn't expect it to come from. And so when you formulaically just write interesting in the sense of where true strife is coming from or true innovation is coming from and then like talk about it like yeah we there are things in life that are cool that are interesting but just redoing it and all the you people in doing nfts i'm also talking to you um it's one thing to be cool it's another thing to invent cool and this movie is like a on the sidelines watching movies that are interesting and it is trying to make an interesting movie and it's not because it is just giving what it thinks an interesting movie is and that isn't what an interesting movie makes and yeah now I'm getting long-winded. And so what I will say in my rating for this movie is that this movie is the 36%. Yeah. That tracks that tracks with uh how we've been how we've been talking about this. Um and to get into my review, uh where to begin? I I I I'm not I'm not sure where to begin after everything we we just talked about, but I will just I will just say that uh, I will use Brandon's own review to to, to kind of jump off at least with some of the things that maybe did work a bit or maybe some positives to start with. And that would be, yeah, the the cast, of yeah. course, um, and the performances. And that might be it. I, I don't know. It's like uh, I even something even some things like the soundtrack or something like that. Like there's there was parts of this movie that would play like a trailer would or something like where it's very. Um, lyrical based music like right off the bat it's got some like arena rock sort of right it's not arena rock it's it's just had some sort of like easily digestible yeah i did not like it and it just kind of felt like it was trying to convince you that it was cooler that was like a music video with that like how it how it began the dominoes thing and and all that was like yeah it did have a it did have an air of pretension pretension and, and just kind of like uh, thinking it was cooler than it actually was and that that was something that it was concerned with doing was like trying to look cooler trying to be funny and meanwhile there's like these actually like truly interesting elements that they're and concepts that they're um presenting uh when you watch the trailer of this movie when i when i like heard about this movie watch the trailer it's not necessarily one that i would go running to see if I had, I not been doing this podcast and talking about movies that are polarizing. I don't think I would have seen this movie. He's done other movies like this, like seven pounds, I think is one. And, yeah. Uh, like I, I see, I saw pursuit of happiness and uh, you know that and, and, and things like there's a type of movie that Will Smith likes to do. 
but this isn't necessarily one that I would have. So I, I just want to clarify that. Like this isn't necessarily a movie that I would have liked to begin with or would have wanted to see. So having like, you didn't going, ask for this movie. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. <laughs> this like, is what going, you're saying. But we're going through this process and, and we're trying to find like different kind of things to watch. And I challenge, I was trying right. challenging us to maybe do something a little bit more dramatic this week. And, um, this was something that while it had interesting ideas and concepts that speak to me in terms of movies that I like, like meet Joe black, um, it didn't follow through in a way that I found fulfilling. Um, I did not find myself caring for the characters as much as they pretended that I, that I should, um, I found the resolution disingenuous to everything leading up to it. Like what the, all the information that they've given the audience and manipulated us to feel up to that point was used to instill a reaction in, in us. And it, there was some of those things that were just purely reactionary without the meat on the bones uh, to make you try to feel something instead of think about it. And even something like, Will Smith says is like fuck all that intellectual bullshit. It's like it's really yeah. it's, it's really telling you like not to think too hard about, yeah. about this movie. Um, totally. And they're able to have their fun with like you know yeah I, again I think Helen Mirren being an actor caught like too deep in it like method acting sort of I think that's a fun angle to tr to if you're gonna have some humor in this movie. It could have been all like just catered to her and she could just do all that and then. Uh, you know, but here I got, I'm not going to re rewrite things. I'm not going to do it. I, I could have used a bit more magic, I guess, if, if I were to, to do any of the rewriting, but they, they chose, I guess they chose a path. I don't know. It seems kind of half-assed as well. It seems like there's, um, there's decisions, there's decisions that could have been made that would have been stronger and they decided to do more yes. like lukewarm sort of just like this'll work fine. And, it seemed like, yeah, some of it was honestly like catering to that twist. Things and scenes that were happening between Will Smith and her leading up to that were catering to that. And that's a waste of time when you could have had it just be about uh, them and, and his grief and everything. Um, mm. But yeah, the and the relationship between Ed Norton and Keira Knightley, I didn't, I didn't care for. Uh, and just... Uh, boring like for an hour and a half I, like i found myself especially like in the middle part i'd say like after the first round of conversations with all the all the people i think that middle part dragged so fucking long so much to the point where it's for like, a movie that's so short it's yeah. insane because i just don't know what, what um, i'm supposed to be rooting for it's constantly edward norton trying to like re position what he and pivot what he's trying to do and give that plan to other people and that stuff doesn't do anything for me. And then by the time it gets back to Will Smith and Naomi Harris, it's like not worth it. So it's just, uh, both, both sides aren't, aren't worth it. And, uh, the pacing and the tone are, are off. And it felt yeah. like a Ted talk, but instead of a Ted talk, it was like, <gasps> it was like a wet fart of a Ted talk. Yes! Like someone just like, <laughs> Just like doing a fat <laughs> wet, wet fart totally. into, into the microphone for 
for an hour. No, but uh, uh, I'll give this one a shit a forty-one percent. I guess I'll I'll, I'll do like uh, now. Mm, Dude, I'll be just honest. Be I'm honest. thinking between like thirty-eight and forty-one. So I don't, I'll do okay, 30, I'll so. do thirty-nine. Nice thirty-nine. Um, this this was. Uh, I don't know what. See, it's like even then, it's like what does what thir- does it deserve thirty nine percent of credit? I don't know. It's like they knew. It they, does. Yeah. They like the yeah. I guess the performances. The, the, well, perform- the performances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. James, because uh, I don't know. I realized this, but what's happening is is that <laughs> a majority of the time, the movie is going to be polarizing, but normal people like you and me yes, are going yes. to be in the middle of it. <laughs> so yeah, the fact that it is a thirty nine, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Uh, it's. I was yeah. like very right. like at the end like sure. indifferent, and the twist made me a little like fuck you. But then I was just like. I'm gonna forget about this movie very soon. This, it's, it's very soon. It's trickling out of my ears as we speak. The podcast is wrapping up. It's it's mm. floating floating away into the ether. Um, and, right. You know, and even because again, even when you think about collateral beauty, it's like, okay, collateral what beauty. Collateral what does what does that mean? What does that mean within the yeah. confines of the movie? Yeah, for sure. Um, but let's wrap it up. This is the part where we wrap okay. it up. <laughs> this is the part where we wrap it up. 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 And we pick our next movie, uh, or we announce our next movie. And I'll leave that to you, Great Brandini. What is, what is yes. our next movie? Uh, our next movie is going to be A Night at the Roxbury. Oh, I want to play that song right now in my headphones. What is that? Yeah. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. We got a 9%. A 9% critic. 9%. And then we got a 69%. Percent percent. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Uh, this is a 1998 movie. Uh, we, we did like three 90s movies two or three nineties movies. And then we did collateral beauty and now we're back to the nineties baby. And, and it feels so good. I don't know. I've kind of been enjoying this like time, this time period, uh, after going through, uh, we did Armageddon, we did empire records, we did ants. And then we did, we just did collateral beauty. Now we're going back to 1998, um, night at the Roxbury. So it's, it's interesting spending some time in, in the world of, of the nineties. It uh, is because I think it's really kind of helping me, at least discover my like where I come from kind of attitude. Yeah, about it. Mm-hmm. Where why do I like these things that I like, mm-hmm. and you know, you kind of biases, trying. To, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna put it. What is love in the uh, Discord? But. Great. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, sh- I could play like a snippet of it and then, but we just have to like cut cause we don't want to get any copyright shit. So uh, no, no, for sure. But we can end the podcast on it. Oh, right? we're, yeah. We're going to be jamming. We'll jam to what is love after this. I know you guys are jealous, but go and do, do some homework and check that song out. I'm going to read the description of night at the Roxbury before we sign off yeah. here. Uh, despite being well into adulthood, brothers, Doug, Chris Catan and Steve Butabi, 
uh, Will Ferrell still live at home and work in the flower <laughs> shop owned by their dad, Dan Hedaya. They exist only to hit on women at discos. Though they're routinely unse- unsuccessful until a chance run-in with Richard Grieco, played by Richard Grieco, gets them inside the Swank Roxbury Club. Mistaken for high rollers, they meet their dream women, Vivica, Gigi Rice, and Canby, Alyssa, Eliza Donovan, and resolve to open a club of their own. It's a... It's an SNL joint, oh. Lauren Michaels joint, and um, yeah, I. This is going to be one. Uh, if you listen to our Ace Ventura episode, where it's like, oh, this is where these guys got their comedy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is why these guys <laughs> behave the way that they do. Um, is uh, this movie will will start to put it into full picture for for you lovely people. Um, speaking of love, you lovely people, if you care, what to is be- love? yeah what is what is what is love we're gonna get into it next week that's gonna be what the whole episode is gonna be about <laughs> it's just gonna ask that question <laughs> collateral yeah that's they should, i wonder if they thought about calling night at the roxbury what is love but they were like nah like people would expect the answer going into it um i will uh give you our deets as far as if you w- wish to reach out to us in any sort of way uh we're streaming on twitch.tv at polarized pod um you can also find us on twitter at polarized pod as well if you want to talk to us there uh you can also yeah please us- talk to us there by the way yeah yeah send us send us anything uh yeah. give us, give us that's ideas. a great way to talk to us ideas i check that ideas. often yeah hell yeah and uh and yeah we're uh a real, yeah, an up, up and coming podcast. We're new to this and this has all been really fun and exciting. And anyone who's on the journey with us at this point, like we really super duper appreciate you because, um, yeah, it's, there's not many of you and this, there's, this is just a new thing for us and you're here at the ground floor, baby. So it's only, it's only up, up, up from here Oh, and, easy. and we're having easy. Uh, fun time after fun time every, every week. Um, doing every this and, fucking week, and it's given Easy. us like giving me homework doing these movies. It's been such a blast to to like yeah re- reconnect with a fr- with a, a very good friend every every single week, and it means a yeah. lot to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like that's the collateral beauty of this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Isn't it? We defined it. We defined it. They could do it. We did it. Uh, and yeah, I, I'll throw the Gmail, I guess, if you care, polarize the pod at gmail.com. If you want to send an email, um, any sort of anything, anything you want really. Uh, yeah. Just like, if you're thinking about something that sounds cool, just like send it our way because we're going to steal it and then we're going to make money off of it. That's right. <laughs> right. What is the why? <laughs> the why is Wait, can you turn on What is Love now? (laughs) And then we'll play like three seconds of it. Oh, wow, that came in really loud. All right, bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. I'd like to to thank the great Randy. I'd like like to thank Watch. Watch.